Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, it's a Friday. The Colts are off. It doesn't mean it's not a football Friday here on The Fan, as always. Broadcasting live from the DriveHubler.com studios, it's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. The Hoosiers winners last night. I'm sure Indiana fans have thoughts on that game. Joe Burrow goes down. The Colts lose. The Colts, oh, the Colts lose. The Bengals lose. The Colts up to the eighth seed right now, if you look at ESPN. Say, one last night, if you it, look at that Burrow injury. It uh, absolutely was the case. KB, a good morning. When are you leaving and going off to Knoxville? Yeah, I am leaving here after the show. I will say... I, <laughs> Do you have orange on? I, I have some orange on. You have orange on right now, don't you? I might rock that a little bit more prominently <laughs> for the camera later. Um, I was a little in scramble mode here driving in. Oh, and no. By the way, it is an ugly Friday yeah. morning. I really hope this is not what we're going to get for semi-state weather tonight. 24 teams left. And the IHSA state tournament, uh, Greg Graystraw obviously will join us coming up at 8 o'clock. But your boy was in scramble mode for the wedding ring. Oh, nah. <laughs> Brother, I have been there. Boy, I have and you done know that. I have been there. I got a couple blocks away from the house, and I turned around to get it. And, you know, it was just one of those rough nights in the Bowen household. And, you know, didn't get a lot of sleep. And I'm like, you know, I, like four or five places where I thought it could be. You think I found it? Uh, I, I was I was trying to peep and look at your hands. Uh, I'm going to say you did not find it. Did not find it. Uh, not sure it's going to matter whole too much with how my hair looks this weekend. Don't I can't, can't see a lot of SEC. <laughs> You know, well, that's talent. You're not going to uh, Knoxville right after this, right? Like you're going home. Well, are you not seeing your wife again? Was to meet at one of my buddy's house, carpool. Sure. And and basically, I I didn't need to stop back at home. And now I'm like, yeah. uh, Okay. Okay. So based off good karma, I've got to stop. So you don't have your wedding ring for your big SEC Uh weekend between the Vols and the Georgia Bulldogs over there. So maybe during the break, (laughs) I'll start looking. So the heart rate a little bit faster here. On this Friday morning. I, I have pulled out a trash bag before. Man, how many guys can can know, side with you I on know. this? I have pulled out trash bags and looked through trash before. And it's always somewhere where it's just way too easy. It, maybe it's fallen down somewhere. I went one time. I had, you'll love this. I mean, you might as well do this. Welcome to 239-1070. Yeah, good Friday to wake up call. Good Friday. We, I, I went, the, the dumbest place I put it one time was I had a fantasy football draft. I had two drafts and they were at the casino near Louisville over in southern Indiana. And you know, I'm a casino oh, yeah. I-, I can be a casino Elizabeth guy. Town, right? I can be a casino guy, but you don't want to be a casino guy all day. And this was an early draft and a late draft and then in between beers, gambling and everything else. God, what a day. It was a day, so I went That's back. That's probably actually. a prerequisite where you can't wear your wedding <laughs> well, ring. Well, like, I, you got to put it in a basket before the day starts. So I went back to my car to get, like, a power nap, okay, in the middle of the day with the, uh, after all the Bud Lights and, you know, everything in the middle of the day before my late draft. And for some odd reason, I took my wedding ring off and I put it in, like, the console of my car that has a bunch of change and stuff. And and I, obviously, after having, you know, 10 Bud Lights, I totally forgot that it was there. Sure. 
sure. But I've had three or four instances, Kevin, where I thought it was just straight up gone, where I wrote it off and I was like, listen, honey, I'm going to get one of one of those $5 rubber wedding rings because this ain't going to ever yeah. happen again. I, I'm not there just yet, but <laughs> oh, man, I feel again, um, I feel there, for you. There's a reason why I did the hair procedure last oh. Friday, and it's probably moments like this where uh, the I'm stress on my second level. wedding ring. Oh. I mean, I, Say it again. I'm on my, my second Are wedding you? ring. Yeah, because I was bringing the garbage out one time and I was going, I was doing overnights. I was going to throw the trash out and the band got tied around my finger. Oh my gosh, so it's I like a movie the garbage scene. can in, it just went clean off. Like, I didn't even notice it until I got in the car. I circled back around. I'm like, am I about to climb through this dumpster and look for it? I nope. climbed in the dumpster. I didn't find it. Oh wow. Like, well, I don't know. You that dumpster dove. Yep. Now, I, I'll be totally honest with you guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, Max was up early, and so I'm trying to do a little multitask, like feed Max, oh. and then do a little show prep. And Max was not in the mood to just sit in his seat for breakfast. So it was more of a multitask, like, all right, just sit on my lap. I'll type with my right hand. And I'll be totally honest with you guys. Driving in this morning, I'm like, did all of a sudden the wedding ring end up in his grape bowl? Oh, no, not the great bowl. I'm like, did he swallow the wedding ring? I'm no, like, Kevin, stop thinking no, about that. He just didn't do that. You hit these green somewhere. lights, don't crash on wet leaves, and try to get into work. So nonetheless, made it in about 6.58 and change. Good Friday morning <laughs> to you. I feel for you. Uh, Indiana over Wright State last night, 89-80. Uh, Tony Adrania, who I've always enjoyed his insight on IU basketball, he's going to join us at 9 o'clock. Uh, to try and summarize what we've seen here in these first three games for Mike Woodson's bunch. Again, it's really a quiet weekend, Andy. Whether, you know, if you were thinking, hey, Colts bye week, let's catch the Pacers. They don't play on Friday. I would venture to guess this is the only Friday, Saturday that they have off all year long. Yeah, let me pull up their schedule while we're talking. I'll try to figure that out, but it's got to be. So, uh, nothing until Sunday when it's Goga Batadze tribute video night inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. <laughs> uh, and again, last night, Thursday night football, the Ravens over the Bengals. That was... The Thursday night football game of just get to triple zeros and don't get hurt. Uh, Mark Andrews, one of the best mm. tight ends in all of football, suffering what John Harbaugh said is a likely season-ending ankle injury. And the Joe Burrow scene was very odd. Um, you know, there has been this for those that haven't followed the story. Again, short week. All of a sudden, Cincinnati. Heads to Baltimore. Burrow gets off the team plane, and there's like an image of him with a wrap, brace, whatever you want to call it, on his right wrist, right throwing hand. He was not listed on the injury report. It looked like he was getting ready to go bowling. Yes. He had like a, bowl, yeah, 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 he had like yeah. a bowling uh-huh. glove yeah, on. Yeah, him and Pete Weber in the U.S. Open. <laughs> I love how someone bowl. someone did. It's a bad job by the Bengals. You got to have Burrow get off the, the bus with nothing on his hand because, I mean, whoever got it, I mean, they shot the video. And they deleted from, it, right? From, from a, yeah, from a long distance through people. So it's like the Bengals almost got away with it, but they didn't. Yeah, and that's one of those where it just showed Jamar Chase and move on. Yeah. You know, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, don't need to show Burrow. Um, and all of a sudden, he throws a you know a little dink and dunk touchdown to Mixon last night, and it just I mean it looks like he got sniped almost mm-hmm. in the wrist. His reaction, he tried to throw on the sideline. Same thing happened here. Um, was a sprained wrist? Is that what Zach Taylor called it after the game? It, that's what they called it. And you know, it's playing on the TV above you. And what's I've never here's the thing about this injury. 
Whenever you see a non-contact injury, it's usually like an Achilles or to a guy's knee. And you're like, oh, that's not good. The turf got him, right? You think of like Aaron Rodgers. You think of Kirk Cousins. You think of, oh, man, his knee. You know, that's a non-contact injury. When you see non-contact, you get all nervous. I've never seen a non-contact wrist injury before in my life. In the NFL, college football, we can ask uh, ask Rakestraw if he's seen it. You know, in the high school game, I thought he hit his... Uh, I thought he hit maybe his wrist on a guy's helmet, but it didn't happen. I've just never seen a no-contact injury like that. It really was. And then the way he reacted on the sideline to the injury, you never get that kind of a reaction from an NFL player. You never do. So now, 5-5 Cincinnati as they lose last night, 34-20. As Andy said, they have moved behind Indianapolis in the AFC playoff standings, so the Colts are just one spot out of that seventh and final AFC playoff spot. And now the big question becomes for Burrow, what is the injury? How severe is it? And when does he play again? Because if you look at the schedule, we've mentioned this now for several weeks. The one, and I guess C.J. Stroud now qualifies as another of these I mean, you guys. Can't think, you can't think he plays next week, can you? You can't think that. But if you look at the quarterbacks for the Golds the rest of the year, Burrow was the one that stood out on the schedule. And December 10th, less than a month, you know who knows? If he will be ready for that one. But if not, you're looking at a three-game stretch upcoming, Andy, of Baker Mayfield, Will Levis, Jake Browning. I guess if you want to extend it a little further, Kenny Pickett, Taylor Heineke, Aiden O'Connell. That would be the next six quarterbacks on the Colts' schedule. So, um, outside of the result, just a massive injury in terms of Colts and playoff implications last night on Thursday Night yeah, Football. Yeah, you, you mentioned there you'll throw in Kenny Pickett. Yeah, you will because he throws for about 150 yards a game. So you will throw in Kenny Pickett as being uh, a subpar quarterback. And just for the Bengals and looking at it through the eyes of the Colts and also what the Bengals have coming up, you know, next week they have the Steelers. And then the week after that, they're in Jacksonville. So it's not like they get a kiss from the schedule and they get the, you know, the the Bears, the Giants, the Rams, or some of these teams, the Raiders, or someone, I guess the Raiders are kind of, you know what I'm saying, they don't get a kiss from their schedule, I mean that Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game always matters so much, and then Jacksonville, even though Jacksonville never actually wins in Jacksonville, if Burrow's not in those games, you have absolutely no chance, poor Herb Street, you know he had to be consoling Al Michaels uh, when that injury happened, because you knew where the game was going in the second half, Al Michaels can't have nice things, Herbie was going, Jake Browning, you know, he played at Washington in college. He's yeah, ready for the moment. Play the college like, angle. He's not ready for the moment. This is Joe Burrow. And then something I want to dive into with this. I uh, texted you about it this morning. It has not been the year of the quarterback in the NFL. You have had subpar play by starting quarterbacks in the NFL, a bunch of quarterbacks that we thought were going to take the next step. You mentioned Kenny Pickett. You had to think Steeler fans thought that was going to be the case. It has not been the case. And then you just have injuries all over the place. And obviously the Colts and Anthony Richardson are one of those teams that are on my list here. But uh, subpar play, sketchy play, injuries, uh, injuries to backup quarterbacks, a bunch of rookies playing who are not ready for the NFL. It's just interesting how much they and the NFL wants to protect the quarterback. Boy, the quarterback has been bad or injured in a lot of cases this season. They really have. Uh, The other obviously big one last night from a local angle, that would be Indiana 89-80. 
city over Wright State. It shows you how pathetic the performance has been for IU the first two games of the season. When I walk away from last night, I'm like, well, that was a little better. (laughs) And I guess I should make that clear. It was a little better on one end of the floor. Uh, They give up 80 to a mid-major team without its best best player. And we talked to you yesterday morning. The expectation was uh, Trey Calvin, uh, the preseason player of the year in the Horizon League, would play. He did not play in the game. Did you notice the line jumped six mm-hmm. points once it was announced that he was out? Went from nine and a half to 15 and a half uh, with him not playing. Didn't seem to matter too much for Wright State offensively. Uh, they put up 80. Uh, again, offensively, better. They got out in transition. Uh, Malik Renew and Khalil Ware have a nice little two-man game going. Um, you know, Ware, honestly, has been easily, right, the most consistent player for Indiana through oh, the first I mean, three K- games. Khalil Ware has been fantastic. Which, you know, hey, that is certainly a positive and sign. Last night. Um, and now, all of a sudden, six of your next seven against high major teams, uh, I believe five of the next seven away from home, uh, continued questions will be there for Indiana starting Sunday. And, and I guess a little bit of a health question, too, as late in that game, Xavier Johnson Goes down, twist, uh, look like left ankle, left foot. No update from Mike Woodson afterwards, but the turnaround rather quick as they will get on a plane tomorrow. Head out to New York to take on the defending national champs in UConn on Sunday afternoon. Wasn't this always the gamble when you weren't going to be stocked with high-quality guards or at least proven guards? You could not have Xavier Johnson get injured. I mean, that was part of the deal here, that when he came back to school, it was going to matter. You know, I this is probably unfair and Indiana fans may say well Sweeney they could have won by 35 last night and it's right state and they're 0-2 and 167 in the Ken Palm and you wouldn't give the you know you wouldn't give them credit anyway for beating a team like that especially without their best player and, and okay that's fine but last night that's did such a low bar it did listen last night KB did little for me to make me feel better about this Indiana team and I know I, I know where it can play I know Renew can play and they did play well last night. I mean, Galloway had a had a bounce back, which is nice. And Baco at thirteen, he can't make a three. God bless him. But he but but he had, had three of nine. But he had Kenzie thirteen points. So I mean, at least he did something. He was active. He played twenty three minutes, uh, which is a lot better than you saw the first couple games. But just I, I, I mean, I don't know. First half, CJ Gunn hit a couple shots. You're like, okay, so maybe he'll give you something. And, and that really wasn't there defensively. Uh, it's just open shot after open shot. We have seen that consistently the last three games. I, I don't know. And then if you had it, if you had the line early, the layup at the end was a thing of beauty. Because oh, yeah. if you if, if you, you had, had nine it, and a half, if you had yeah, it nine yeah. and a half, uh-huh. ten, ten and a half, if you had it anywhere there, that layup with what fifteen seconds to go, and then the non fouling. Thank God, you know, if you had depending on where you had it. Uh, I know some people had some action, but if you if you were looking to feel a little bit better going into this difficult stretch. You probably did not get that last night with the win over Wright State. You well, didn't. How about this too? In the first three, again, you've played all these mid-major teams. You know, two of the three, Andy, didn't even have their best player. If you look at Isaiah Thompson and Florida Gulf Coast, again, you look at last night in Wright State, you know, imagine taking Cleo Ware away from Indiana right now. You know, he would certainly qualify as their best player. So, uh, questions abound, uh, even if offensively they were able to get out in transition 
and uh, have you know certainly some better moments on that end of the floor. But defensively, major questions abound. Again, Tony Adranya, uh really respect his opinion uh, when it comes to IU uh, basketball. Just I would say basketball in general. Uh, former high school coach, he's made a quite a presence for himself on Twitter. Uh, he's going to join us coming up in a bit to chat about that. Greg Rakestraw in 45 minutes. He's got the big one tonight. That would be Ben Davis and Center Grove to decide the South representative in the 6A state finals coming up next weekend inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. So we will get you set with all of that. I do at some point today want to get back to Tyrese Halliburton. I, I think it, it's freaking amazing what he's done with the basketball and not turning it over here over the last couple of games. There's a number out there that is just astonishing to me that kind of adds to what Halliburton has done here as of late in protecting things. I am Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. It's an ugly Friday in Indianapolis in terms of overcast, rain, wet leaves. Good luck on the commute in this morning. Thank you for spending it with us, though. You're listening to Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, your morning check down. Indiana, we'll start with the Hoosiers last night. 89-80 over Wright State. The Hoosiers 3-0, obviously. A little uneven. Uh, big game, though. Khalil Ware, 22-12, and 16-8 from Malik Renew. Post-game, what's Mike Woodson worried about with his team? Well, it would be a major concern had we lost those three games. We won them. Be curious to see what you guys would really be saying had we lost the games. You know, we haven't put a perfect game together. Game before this game, we made our free throws. We didn't make them tonight. You know, the three ball's been a major concern. We haven't shot the three ball very well. So I figure if you put all those together, boy, life might be pretty good. I wouldn't probably be having this conversation with you. But that ain't the case. So we just got to keep working, take it in a practice at a time, a game at a time, and see where it leads us. Mike Woodson does not sound happy after just the game yeah, three. I, Almost combative. I don't know if they will ever be you know, an upper echelon three-point shooting team. Frankly, I just don't think the personnel speaks to it, nor do they utilize the line like that. Um, certainly, it was a huge difference last night between Wright State and Indiana. Coming up, it'll be UConn, the defending national champs, 1 o'clock on Sunday. And then I, I guess you would assume that UConn beats Indiana, Texas beats Louisville, then Indiana would play Louisville on Monday, which is kind of like a mid-major. Your team, honestly, you'd probably rather play Bellerman than Louisville. Uh, yeah. And go a little something <laughs> like this. Hit it. I love it. Uh, we need to do that every time we even mention Mike Woodson. It's like your Packers suck drop that you have. Yeah, I mean, listen. UConn's a bad matchup for them. Yeah, UConn could get ugly, especially with all the open shots, but it's just like, I don't know. I I don't know if I like... Woodson's frustrated with this team. I don't know. Frustrated with the media, them asking kind of what's wrong with the team. Everyone thought they would be better. Uh, And then they'll get Louisville, and they should beat Louisville. If they they don't beat Louisville, that's going to be a game that's going to be like a 200 Ken Palm loss. Going to hang around their neck all year. Thursday night football. The score was Baltimore 34, Cincinnati 20. The storylines, though, not that score. That would be first. I guess let's start in chronological order. Season-ending injury in all likelihood to Mark Andrews, one of the better tight ends in football. Easily Lamar Jackson's most consistent target throughout his career. Uh, He goes down with an ankle injury early in that one. 
And then Joe Burrow, just a weird-looking right wrist injury, was not hit on it, didn't fall through, hit anybody's helmet. Um, He did not play the rest of the game after that. Obviously, his status moving forward is in question. If you are a fan of the Colts, you're looking at that game coming up in a few weeks thinking, oh boy, uh, will Joe Burrow even play in that one? Cincinnati falls to 5-5 on the year. And Andy, as the Colts get ready to watch even more bi-week football, they're one spot out of the playoffs after Cincinnati losing last night. Yeah, they're an eight seed. I mean, you look at it right now. They're an eight seed. Vegas, nine. Cincinnati moves back to ten. Buffalo, I guess Buffalo. You know, last night, not bad for like Buffalo and Pittsburgh. You know, you hate to say it to see a couple losses now, but the Bengals and Joe Burrow. And I don't know, just just by body language and sadness, you have to think that Burrow's going to at least miss a game. You have to think that, oh, don't you? See you? How swollen his hand was? That yeah. Was crazy. I mean, you just have to think he's not going to be out there at least one week, and then you start playing the game of if he misses a couple weeks. I mean, can they win anything with Jake Browning? Do you think the answer there is no? I mean, there's a chance they're 5-7 and seven coming into Indy. That's not crazy. And again, that is a right wrist injury. Obviously, his throwing arm, etc. there. Uh, Steelers, Jags on Monday Night Football, and then the Colts December 10th for the Bengals. Yeah, just quickly, this sound clip's a little long, about 50 seconds or so, but Rick Carlisle had media availability yesterday. Obviously, also yesterday, we talked about it. Daniel Tice uh, bought out there, will then move on. Uh, most likely, has that happened yet to the Clippers? So that's something, an opportunity for him. Rick Carlisle yesterday on Daniel Tice. We were all able to... To, to say goodbye to him in person. I don't know the exact details, but there, there were enough rumblings about the possibility of, uh, of an opportunity. And so um, this, is a, this is a good one for him. And so uh, we thanked him for you know, his year with us. It was, um, it was eventful in that you know, he had a knee situation that was... Um, bothering him we you know together we found him the right surgeon the right procedure he's come out of that with flying colors Uh, obviously you know they won the world cup with germany um, and he competed great in training camp and and he helped us win the milwaukee game and so uh, this is now an opportunity for us to you know uh, thank him give him his respect and wish him the best on the next next endeavor. Yeah, again, Andy, I'm not a, um, hey, jump all over this roster spot ASAP. I, I think you've got time to be flexible with it. No need to rush into it. Um, you know, obviously the trade deadline's not for several months. You're pretty healthy overall. I don't think there's this desperate need in today's NBA for a fourth center. Like, I thought Tuesday night was a big-time anomaly slash Joel Embiid is a big-time anomaly. Like, you just don't, you know, when you're facing... He had foul trouble. You had an injury yeah, three minutes into the game with like other Smith. teams that they've played recently. You just don't necessarily need like all the center attention night in and night out. Um, for those thinking back on how the Pacers even acquired Daniel Tice in the first place, uh, that was the Malcolm Brogdon trade. So Brogdon to Boston, and basically the key parts of that trade were Tice. You got a first-round pick that is now turned into a first-rounder next year. That's part of that crazy first-rounder, additional first-rounder. The Pacers will get in 2024 along with their own. And then, obviously, Aaron Neesmith. So, even with buying out Tice, uh, unquestionably to me, that was still a trade the Pacers uh, needed to make. And I think a successful one when you consider Neesmith and then what that first-rounder could be coming up next year. Again, the Pacers and Magic. That is the next game on Sunday. 
Give us a swoosh here, Mark. Oh, more. Well, one more swoosh. We got more. Don't you want? We have Big Ten. We got we a have, lot more. We, we have Big Ten football this weekend. Oh, how about how about tonight too? We got Butler in action. <laughs> we had Thad Mod on yesterday. Eight and a half point underdog. The Bulldogs of Butler, Michigan State. That is a Gavit game. Gosh, just seeing Michigan State at one and two is a kind of a sore eye. Something that you don't expect there. So uh, Kevin Kugler, who you heard last night on the call for Indiana, and Robbie Hummel. Uh, they will be on the call tonight, 6.30 tip from East Lansing. And Big Ten football, take it where you need to, Andy. Well, yeah, Purdue, Purdue we talked about this yesterday. The, really, the last couple days, Purdue and Indiana, both favorites. Purdue a favorite by three at Northwestern. Indiana a favorite by three and a half against Michigan State. You mentioned Michigan State basketball being one and two. Their football's three and seven, one and six in the Big Ten. <laughs> And they're paying Mel Tucker how much? And uh, Indiana, three and seven, one and six in the Big Ten. Uh, there's a lot of, yeah, well, I don't know. How much is Mel Tucker going to end up getting? I know. That, that will be for the lawyers to figure out in the next A lot of legal manners months. in the state of Michigan yeah, in regards Jimbo to Fisher football. Fisher levels, probably. Uh, and then, obviously, yesterday you saw the, I guess, acceptance. Is that the right word? From Michigan on Jim Harbaugh's Boy, three game? All that big talk, huh? Suspension. I, I tweeted yesterday. We need Tom Crean as the uh, acting head coach against the. Well, State. you know what this was. This was simple. They said, "Hey, you're going to sit out these games, and we're not going to touch you when you get to the Big Ten championship game and you get to the the college football playoff. You will be untouched on those entities." And now, you know what this does for me, and you may feel differently on this. To me, if I'm an Ohio State fan today, it makes it even more like I got to win this game. Like Penn State, James Franklin can't beat the big teams. Well, it's magnified when Jim. Harbaugh is not on the sideline. Plus, with how the last two years have gone yeah, in that game. sure. In Ryan Day, it's going to be magnified if he loses that game with a team that he has that's number two in the country, and if he loses that game without Harbaugh on the sideline. Like, it puts even more pressure to me on Ohio State somehow. Not sure if I'm allowed to say this as a Notre Dame fan, but I would totally endorse Lou Holtz on the Michigan sideline for that game. <laughs> An honorary captain. Uh, Tom Crean offensively, <laughs> Lou Holtz defensively. You Those can be the Green. acting coaches when I was when I was at, when Day. I was in Louisville a couple years ago I said that John Calipari needed to hire Tom Crean as his offensive coordinator and I meant it then you know Tom Crean is a college basketball analyst I do he's enjoy good a lot. yeah oh, he's good mm-hmm. oh, he's very good uh Notre Dame got blitzed by Auburn last night did, did you did you yeah. st- stay up and watch I, I did not stay up and watch I did see the score though yeah Maddie's like you're still watching this I'm yeah, like well. yeah I am I want to see how the walk-ons do when was they that get before in the game. or after you lost the ring Oh, I didn't realize I lost the ring until I was driving in this morning. Until this morning. No, yeah. yeah. I was already at my first stoplight of the day before I realized that. Uh, All right, on the other side, why are the Colts 5-5 on the season? And also, again, just a crazy statistic from Tyrese Halliburton uh, and how flawless he's been in handling the basketball here as of late. It is an overcast, kind of a rainy, ugly-looking start to this Friday in Indy. Thank you, though, for spending it with us. It's a wake-up call. KBNA. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy. This is a pump-up song, right? Like, you get jacked up. Yeah, Colts just scored a touchdown. I feel like they're kicking the ball off here. Well, this might be like after, this might be like going into the fourth quarter, your big game on Saturday. Everybody get loud. Between Tennessee and Georgia. You got the smoky shirt on. Yeah, you guys are good with me storming, right? 
I'm good with Go you ahead. doing whatever. This is your weekend. I'm living through you this weekend. One thousand percent. We, we you, will storm the sororities at Tennessee have been alerted that you don't have your wedding ring, so just be on Correct. high alert. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Right. Me, me, and Mark, of course, have a main line right into the sororities there in yeah. Knoxville. Mm-hmm. There, we're able to just push a button, send an email, if you will. Yeah. I'm, on the so, have, I'm on the message boards. <laughs> if you have reached out, you know, pre, well, please wear a hat. Yeah. They've been saying runfallsquest.com. Well. I think that's I think that's one of the rival sites. Well, I don't know how the season's gone for him. Maybe firejoshheupel.com uh, started. You had a you had a stat on Halliburton that we need to get to here in a second, and a thought on the Colts as well. But just quickly, again, Rakestraw going to join us uh, in about 20 minutes. Uh, Mark Dykton alerted us during the break that a listener who follows such things believes that Shaq Leonard has removed a lot of his Colts stuff off his Twitter account. Uh, it just has his South Carolina State stuff. Now, his avatar still is in a Colts uniform. He obviously doesn't tweet very much, uh, but I don't follow this, but I know people on the internet do, and they believe he has lessened his Colts yeah, stuff know. online. So I just I'm reporting the news here. That's all I'm doing. My care level's very low, <laughs> if I'm gonna be totally honest on that. Um yeah, I don't it's not like I all right. Today I'm gonna click through all fifty three Colts players social media, <laughs> screenshot all of them. Tomorrow I'll do the same just to make sure nothing has been changed. I mean honestly, Andy, I'll echo what I said yesterday late in the show. I, I think you have to have a real conversation about outright benching him for his play. I mean, not not because of what he is saying necessarily in the media or how he's acting, more just based off his play. If you're going to bench other guys throughout the season, sure. Uh, to me, him him, okay, an outright benching. Maybe they're not going to go that far, but EJ Speed continuing to play less than him is malpractice in my opinion. So I'll be curious post bye week how that. Is handled. Yeah, I think that and then you combine that with how Minshew in the passing game looks. And then I would say even third, Zach Moss getting what the one carry last weekend, how that looks also going forward, especially against Tampa Bay. Uh, give me the Halliburton stat before we dive into some Colts here. All right, so 32 assists to zero turnovers speaks for itself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just an astonishing number. Um, the great Caitlin Cooper, who does an outstanding job with NBA coverage, very in-depth, posted this yesterday on Twitter, or maybe it was early in the week. How many passes do you think Tyrese Halliburton has thrown oh, Lord heavens. in the last two games? I mean, hundreds. Uh, just the last two games? I mean, I, I have no idea where to even start. How many passes does a guy that plays, he played, what, 38 minutes against the Sixers the other night? Like, how many passes does he have controlling the ball? A hundred? ten? 149 straight passes without a turnover. Andy, I, and again, this is a guy who lost his wedding ring, so I don't know if I should maybe be the one that could accurately speak to this. I can't write my name correctly 149 straight times. I can't do anything right. <laughs> 149 straight times? 149. Oh, you, can, yeah, you can write your name. You can do something. I mean, there's other things yeah, you can do. You I'm can like, do that. You know, Come on. I've got a buddy that likes to spell it A-N, Kevin, you know, instead of <laughs> I-N on that. That's kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, think about that. 149 straight passes. And this is not like, 
All right, Butler basketball camp. Thomas Jackson's Kevin Bowen's coach here. Stand, you know, free throw line to baseline and bounce pass back and forth to each other ten times in a row. You watch Halliburton play, the dude is throwing Mahomes-type passes. This is not dink and dunk central. Let me throw it to Buddy Heald on the wing, and then we'll get the offense started, and I'll go stand in the corner for the rest of the possession. He is throwing jump passes, no-look passes, full-length court passes, um... He's got the ball on a string. It, it's it is abs- that that stat to me is absurd. Well, here's the thing. Now, are we going to be alerting the radio and TV crews? Yes. Like, is there someone who's going to be watching this? Is this? The, how many passes have you thrown without an interception yeah. streak? Because remember, yeah. you know, Jared Goff. It was like week two. Remember, he finally broke his streak in week two. I know Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Those guys both had long streaks of not throwing interceptions. Uh, I can't remember the last time we charted actual passes though in an NBA. With That's an NBA player. And I'm fine with that. Well, he's going to hit 200, is he not? I need Denary to do that Sunday. Coming up. Someone's got to do it. Come on. Someone's got to step up and do it. Uh, and shout out to Alex Golden, who we've had on the show before. Because I've mentioned um, prior, Andy, like, okay, 20 and 10. That's what you kind of pencil Halliburton in night in, night out. So if you just took that as of the 10 assists are all two-point mm-hmm. shots, okay, then he's contributing 40 right. points. I saw 20 that he's scoring. And then the 10 assists. Um he mentioned that if you look at the assists for Halliburton this season, uh, those are averaging to 2.4 points per assist. So obviously a lot of three-pointers within that. So again, if we're playing the math game here, Andy, the 24 points he averages per game, he is averaging then 30 points in assist. I mean, you are writing down 54 points based off Tyrese Halliburton scoring and distributing, and you don't live with... The giveaways. You know, how many times do you see, even Mahomes, how many times do you see a high-level quarterback, Andy, that, yeah, he can get you three touchdowns in a game, but you're going to give away at least one big one. Well, Josh Allen's the perfect example. Josh Allen, certainly. Josh Allen's been picked on all year for his interception. Halbert's not giving away anything. No. No, no, he's not. And, you know, we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this the day after the Sixers game, but I remember starting with you, you mentioning penciling him in for 20 points in 10 assists. And what he's done this year is, no, pencil me in for 24, 25 points and 12, Uh 13 assists. Without turnovers. Yeah, without turnovers, which is totally different. No, I mean, listen, that's what he's done this year. What daily activity do you think you could accomplish 140 times in a row without making a mistake? Oh, God. Putting me on the spot with that one. Nothing, nothing. 149 times in a row, uh, absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I can't do anything right. If I sit here and I'm like, Andy, uh, for the next six minutes, I need you to say the word the, pronounce it correctly, 149 straight times in a row. I don't think you can do it. The third time, I'd call it the. So there you go. Or or T, or, you know, I don't know, something just off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it's it's a freak show what he's doing right now. It really is. Uh, he was I mean, great no- on uh, J.J. Reddick's podcast earlier this week. If you want to kind of nerd out over some basketball, Reddick is so good. Uh, Reddick and Halliburton were uh, were terrific. So, again, nothing for the Pacers coming up this weekend. Uh, Sunday, or I guess Sunday. I should say Friday and Saturday night. Nothing for them. Uh, and then Tuesday. Tuesday's the big play-in game. They win at Atlanta. They clinch Group A. And that would be a spot in the knockout stage, and that would be a nationally televised game, which, uh, again, I know maybe small market-wise or you know us, we might not care too much about it. 
They care. Halliburton cares. Just quickly on the Hawks, and then we'll get to the Colts. You know, Trey Young, it's funny. So uh, every October, you know, you know October-ish, you know when uh, college basketball teams have their, you know, uh, media days? You know, you know the media days. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Shrewsbury, sure. your boy, had a media day. Uh, so I always covered the Calipari media day, and he talked for 35, 40 minutes, and it would be BS and how much his players like Anthony Davis are making in the NBA. And so you remember Trey Young was looking around at different schools, in his recruitment process, so I'm standing that ba- I'm so I'm standing in the back with the TV guys, and back there was Trey Young, and I, I stood next to Trey Young for 35 minutes. Had no idea who he was. <laughs> no idea. That dude is small, man. Yeah. He is a tiny, tiny guy. Yeah, he, and I was like, oh, get, he definitely has a look of somebody uh, yeah. that you know, it's like, I'm like yeah, oh, that's I, a five star. Yeah, I don't think he's playing in the NBA. No, but. I don't think so. Uh, give me the Colts conversation coming up uh, at 8 o'clock, Rake Star, and then I want to dive in to some quarterback stuff as well. And at 8.30, we got to dive into this Carissa Thompson story as well, which is kind of taking over Twitter overnight. You know, we had Bob Kravitz on the show earlier this week, and, and you know, Bob fully admits he was very low in the win total for this year. I think, you know, he was like 2-3. and three. It was what he was pegging for a win. So, you know, I wanted to throw the question to Bob. Okay, they are 5-5. Five and five. What has surprised you that you didn't think would be there? Um, now, again, I, I wasn't in the Bob boat, but also, Andy, and, and again, this comes from a guy that had seven wins for the Colts. I didn't think they'd have five at the bye week. Sure. And if you would have told me they're going to have five with Taylor missing four, you know, Richardson and, and Minshew having to start multiple games, um, the offensive line dealing with the amount of injuries that they've had to deal with, I, I would not have been there. So when I ask you that question, why five and five? What has surprised you? Where do you go? For me, for the most part, they boy and I listen. I understand the Rams game, how they started was was rough, and I understand the Saints game. You wish that game would have played out differently, but I, I don't know. They rose to the occasion with the Titans game, and to me, they're five and five. Because they're a resilient team, isn't that the word right now? So you go to Steichen then for that? Well, I mean, or do I you know for... I would I would go with a hundred percent. I would go with Steichen. I think if this team had the exact same issues, if they had Anthony Richardson and he was out as much as he was, and they were playing with Minshew or a backup quarterback under Frank Reich, I don't think this team would be two uh, five and five. I think they would be three and seven. I, I think you'd be looking at a team that would be towards the bottom, and we would be having mock draft guys on every week. Poor Mark Dighton would be, you know, would be reaching out to Dane Brugler every three weeks to try to get him on the air. Dane, can we get you as a weekly guest? I I mean, to me, their their resiliency is is what I look at. They've been opportunistic, right? I, I mean, the Ravens had, what, nine starters out in that game week three, and they went there and they won. Um, they've been opportunistic that when they had teams like the Panthers and Patriots the last couple weekends, they were able to win those games. That's what I would look at is... Is, is that right there? Is they've had a couple opportunities to kind of keep themselves in the conversation, and they've done it. Now, they haven't done that a lot at home, but they've done it. I mean, if you told me they've had injuries, defensive backs, new coach, Anthony Richardson. I mean, the offensive line has been good, but it's been in flux. I'll go no, there. I'll, I'll, I'd have the team 2-8. and eight. Right there. O-line. I mean, when you talk about last season, that was the root of so much of it. So, um, if you were going to make me okay, you know, tier one, Kevin, what are the surprises for you, or why is five wins what we're talking about here on November seventeenth? I'd start with Steichen. 
and the offensive line. Those are the two I'd put on a pedestal above everything else. And part of me is like, would any new coach have created some of that? You know, I think there's naturally like, all right, fresh. Sure. Fresh. You know, everybody walks in with, you know, a new sense of, okay, here we are. It's a new season. It's not the same old message. But I think Steichen deserves more credit than that, um, just with how he's wired. I think he's rejuvenated the offense a little bit. Again, they've sustained a decent amount of scoring. I know mostly September and October, despite all of the personnel issues they've had on that side of the ball. And Andy, look at the 10 games. At Jacksonville is the only one that I thought they they were even thoroughly outplayed. I mean, you could point to the other losses and think... They had certainly, I mean, the Saints, great start to that game. The Browns, obviously back and forth. The first Jacksonville game, they had a lead midway through the fourth quarter. So even if you look at the losses, they've been you know pretty competitive in, in, in all of them uh, besides that at Jacksonville game. But I'd go O-line based off the play from last season. And I'll steal that Ballard quote from the end of, um, end of the year presser from last season. We need our best players to play better. And, you know, if you want to peg Ryan Kelly in the offensive line kind of into that answer, you can. But Kenny Moore would be close to the top of that list. And he played through a lot last year injury-wise, so I don't want to act like DeForest Buckner should be in the same Kenny Moore boat. But even Buckner. You know, last year Buckner played through an injury that, you know, baseball guys would have surgery for Tommy John-wise. I mean, he he had the Barry Bonds RoboCop <laughs> on his elbow week in and week out, so he's healthier, and he's played at a higher level. But again, I, I think Kenny, uh, you know, more just, he, he didn't have the injury excuse necessarily. So those would be some of the reasons I'd point well, to. Well, I, I think, you know, and then second, I mean, probably not secondary reasons, but just looking at, you know, in the bye week here, kind of what we missed when we talked about them winning just a few games. I had them winning five games, so they've already reached my total. You mentioned it, and I wrote this down. They only had one stinker. Right, That Jacksonville game, you didn't feel good about them winning that game. They almost made it close, and Minshew was not good. You know, the interception in the end zone. Like, they almost made it to where, like, okay, there is a game here. But ultimately, you know, if I were to say, hey, you would would have thought through 10 games that they would have had more stinkers. A couple games where you're like, you know, you get in the second quarter, you're at halftime, you're like, we're not going to win this game. And then the other thing, I mean, Zaire Franklin, you know, know, with, with Shaq Leonard, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen there, and they have been able to, you know, with with Zaire, they've been able to get the tackles there with him. But it's not only that. This season started, KB, and you know this, with Jonathan Taylor drama, and we thought that was going to overshadow the entire season, and it didn't happen. It didn't overshadow almost any of the season. It was quiet for four weeks. He came back. He got his deal. They've worked him back. He's your now happy, and he's your number one running back. A couple months ago, we didn't think that was going to be the case. Again, good result for the Colts last night. And uh, as unfortunate as it is, injury-related probably is the big reason why you say that. With the Joe Burrow wrist injury, we'll wait kind of details on that. The Colts will be in Cincinnati in two weeks to take on the Bengals for that one. All right, coming up again, we'll get a little IU chatter uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. Tony Adrania is going to join us then to recap last night. It is a big night for high school football. Greg Gregstraw next. Greg Gregstraw. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
going to join us here in just a couple minutes. Going to be a big night of uh, high school football tonight. Looks like the rain's going to be out of here mid-afternoon at some point. So it might be a little wet, but I don't think it will be too bad. So we'll get Rake here in just a second. I'll throw a wrench in my breaking leaves plans today, by the way. Oh, boy. I got a little action done yesterday on that. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I I have one more... Uh, probably one more small rake to go and I'll be good and done for the year, right? Yeah, yeah I have uh, kind of built a little bit of a pile for Rosie to jump in. Max more like to <laughs> fall in there. So I uh, just kind of waiting for that excitement to end before. Uh, bag them up for good for 2023. I guess I should have done that, thrown the baby in the, yeah. to take some photos. Well, guess dive little, in there. Little little photo shoot. Mason, what? we'll grab you after a few minutes of that. One of my dog lo- dogs loves the leaves and the other dog, a pit bull, he's like terrified of them. Really? Doesn't want to step on them, doesn't want any part of them. No, doesn't seem very pit bull like. It is. It's ridiculous. Uh, Greg Rakestraw joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, good morning, sir. How are you, man? I'm doing good, fellas. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're good. Yesterday, I saw you rake, and you said, I'm just so busy. So, you feeling good? You got all your prep done for tonight? Dude, busy is a day that ends in Y <laughs> for me, man. It is It is every day. So, prep is done for tonight, but uh, let's put it this way. I think I have done a Ben davis Center Grove semi-state game in parts of four different decades. So I have I have seen this from before. I got some historical knowledge geared up for this one. Rake, let's start right there. Obviously, it is the big one. Um, my memory is nowhere near as good as yours, and obviously you've witnessed so many of these games. Would you say of the four-peat potential, Center Grove's going for the four-peat, is this the toughest game that they've had throughout that? Run. You know, Cathedral's, Cathedral's been really good when they have come across them, you know, in the semi-state the last couple of years as well. Um, so they, they clearly, um, you know, deserve a mention. You know, the battles they've had the last couple of years, even if Center Grove, you know, bested them. You know, last year, Cathedral got the regular season game in Week 9, then Center Grove got down 10 nothing, and then kind of boat raced them, you know, in, in, in the second half of the game. I would also say this, that, you know, in 2020, nobody was touching that Center Grove team. Uh, And in 2021, they were a little closer to the pack. Last year was a much different story because it was a completely different team. That team just knew how to win. You know, they they didn't know anything else. You know, this is potentially, you know, the most even matchup they have had over the course of the last three or four postseasons where you look at these two teams and they are virtually identical. You've got two Division One quarterbacks. You've got great size defensively. You've got multiple weapons offensively. Coy is the guy that draws your attention for Center Grove. I'm going to play baseball at Notre Dame. He's got 90 catches this year. And for someone to have that at Center Grove, I mean, that's usually what they have in, you know, for, a, for two seasons in receiving, let alone one. Mark Zachary is that guy for Ben Davis. So when I see these two teams tonight, Kevin, I just see how amazingly even I think they are going into this game. If you couldn't be there, where would you be spending your money tonight in terms of a semi-state game? There's a lot of good ones. Um, That is the game that I would go to. Um, But 5A Merrillville Snyder, I think, sets up to be that way. Uh, I think 4A Leo in Northwood Sets up to be that way. Does Northwood um, have a kid going to Georgia, or is that last year? They've got one going to Georgia, one going to Northwood. Uh, and so the young man that was that, that's going to Georgia was going to head down to IMG for this year. IMG changed their policy, 
and basically said, hey, we're not going to take a one-year slash one-semester player uh, because, in theory, you know, you're going to leave after this semester and move on and, and, and go to the Plains, you know, coming up for the spring semester. So he ended up returning in the summer and going back to Northwood. So they've got a Georgia recruit and a Michigan recruit, wow, which is part of the reason why at 4A, Northwood <laughs> is still playing in the semi-state. God, don't see that every day. No, you don't. Greg Rakestraw with us here. I don't know. I mean, your game, center grow Ben Davis. Uh, why would each team win? If Ben Davis wins, it's because fill in the blank. Center Grove wins, it's because fill in the blank. If Ben Davis wins, it's, it's because their linebacker core is so good. Um, Andrew Evans, uh, Nyland Browns, Rico Yusigi, uh, those guys all have 77 tackles or more. Um, Nyland Brown has 77. He's played in seven games. He didn't play wow. the last five games of the regular season. He's going to play at Kent State. I think he could be playing at Kent State this year, frankly. He's that good of a player. He's that smart of a player. Um, if Center Grove wins, it's because I, I think they can play mistake-free football because they're so veteran. Uh, this is a Ben Davis team that just finally wore down Cathedral last week. It was a Ben Davis team that creates multiple turnovers a game. They are they have forced 30 turnovers in in 12 games so far this year. Um, Danny O'Neill absolutely gutted it out. He was beaten up by Ben Davis last week. He basically kind of finished the game on one leg, but just kept firing. You know, one of those you go out on your shield, and that was kind of that night uh, for him in Cathedral. Ben Davis can just wear you down. I am interested to see, even for as tough and as physical as this Ben Davis team is, does the cumulative effect of whom they have played the last four weeks catch up to them? If Ben Davis wins tonight, that means they would have had to have beaten Brownsburg, Cathedral, and Center Grove over the span of a month. And just playing that level of opponent is going to take a toll on you at some point. And you just wonder if, 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 whether it's mentally or physically, there's a wear down process. And does that even kick in as soon as this evening? He is Greg Rakestraw again. We are down to 24 teams here in the IHSAA state football tournament. Obviously, next weekend we'll be at Lucas Oil. Are we uh, odd on Friday, even class of Saturday? Is that where we're at? That is correct. One okay. three five on Friday, two four six on Saturday. I want to make sure. I don't know if we'll have a chance to chat next week, Rake. So I just want to make sure that everyone remembers the announcement from a few weeks ago. For those that missed it from the IHSAA, um, for those wanting to consume the IHSAA state football finals on TV or video, however you want to describe it, uh, how would they go about that? It is all online this year. So the IHSA Champions Network, presented by the Wayboys by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. IHSAATV.org is where you need to go see the games. Uh, it is a price for one game. It is a just slightly higher price to get all six games. So just pay for all six. That way you can kind of channel surf as you want to and watch any and all of the state championship games on Friday and Saturday. Greg Rakestraw with us here. Football Friday on the fan. Uh, obviously, Rake, uh, the Colts off. Uh, they, you know, they get the win in 10-6. They get that win in Germany last weekend. And then Tampa Bay will be next weekend. And we were talking about this before you came on. Why are the Colts 5-5? Five and five? I'll ask you that question. Watching this team, doing the post games, why are they a 5-5 five and five team right now, you think? They're, res- they're resilient. You know, I, there, there are 
you know, they, they have played so many different styles of games. Um, so I would say adaptability, flexibility of game plan by head coach Shane Steichen. Clearly the return of Jonathan Taylor is a big part of that that allowed them to overcome having to make that transition from Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew. You know, early in the season you would say defense. You could still say that after the last two weeks, but obviously it's, it's a different defense without Grover Stewart out there. You know, we're T-minus two more games till he gets to come back uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you could also say they're 5-5 five and five because of schedule. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Sure. You know, the last two weeks, you know, you, you got the benefit of playing two of the four worst teams in the league. Um, I'll, I'll try out my old Indiana University football line about the Colts. We're not in the win-judging business. You, you got the win. That's good enough. So it, it's a myriad of factors why the Colts are 5-5. Five and five. But the good news is, is that while the quality of opponent gets slightly better, it doesn't get tremendously better. And the game that looked different than, say, the other seven that you have left, that game just changed because of the injury that happened in last night's contest between the Bengals and Ravens. So the Colts are smack dab in the middle, as 5-5 five and five would indicate, and their schedule would be smack dab in the middle. And a lot of teams that look just like the Indianapolis Colts is whom the Colts are playing the rest of the season. Yeah, right wrist injury for Joe Burrow last night. Uh, we will see about his availability here coming up in a few weeks when the Colts head down I-74 to take on Cincinnati. That's what Rake was referring to right there. Again, Greg Rakeshaw is with us. Got the weekend off Colts postgame show. Right tonight up in East Lansing, uh, Butler taking on Michigan State. Certainly Thad Mata, Tom Izzo have some familiarity with each other. Uh, I, I think the question is premature, but I'll ask it anyways. Is Butler the second best basketball team in the state of Indiana this year? We will find out. You know, I, I said this after the Purdue Xavier game on Tuesday. Purdue played the first game of consequence, so to speak, of, of the Indiana major colleges this year uh, and and beat Xavier, who we think is good, but Xavier has 10 new faces from last year. They were picked to finish seventh in the Big East. I bring that up in response to your Butler question because the answer is I think we know less about teams the first few weeks of the season than we ever have before. Purdue's a bit different. You know, even Purdue has two or three new faces in terms of their rotation, but there's so many familiar names. Because rosters are so fluid, you just don't know what these teams have. Butler has looked better, but I still tend to think of Butler's struggles over the last several years. Uh, Michigan State has not looked great. We still tend to think of them as Michigan State led by Tom Izzo. So they may be, and, and, and let's you know face it, um, as you well know, Notre Dame's not good. Everybody kind of knew that going in. It's going to take Micah Shrewsbury some time up in South Bend. Rick, you want to say I that again? Can we, can we have you say that again? Notre Dame is not good. That was just a – it was a beautiful thing to hear. Sure. Let me let, – let are you rolling tape on <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, let's go. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. I think Notre Dame will be a tremendous program under Micah Shrewsbury in the future. Did I say it properly? <laughs> Spot on. They threw up a graphic last night that they lost 98% of their scoring, 98% of their rebounding, 98% of their minutes played, but only 97% of their assists from last season. That was the graphic that they threw up last night. And that was off a team that won how many games, KB? Exactly. What, maybe maybe 12? 
I don't yeah, know if they exactly. won that many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, complete rebuild. Yes, and obviously uh-huh. IU has looked average. So again, I I think Butler is better. I just don't know. We're going to know a lot more after tonight. And obviously on Purdue, I I don't think we've ever seen a a, a holiday tournament field like the one in Maui. Oof. I know, like when they've had those like those PK eighty or PK eighty five events mm-hmm. in Portland. You've had some some stacked groups. That sixteen teams getting together. I mean, I, I, I just had me flipping around last night, and Seth Greenberg just said it, and I thought it was it was really well said. He's like, "Folks, Purdue or Gonzaga, one of those guys are playing in the consolation bracket for two days. That's insane how good that field is in Maui. So we're gonna we're gonna whatever questions we have about Purdue, we're gonna know after the next three days. Yeah, you can have the Zags and then go right to top ten Tennessee. Greg Rakestraw with us. Uh, you mentioned Indiana being average. I, I don't know. I mean, last night didn't do anything to make you feel better. Now the competition picks up. I, I just, I guess, what do you make of the Hoosiers defensively? They haven't been great. They can't shoot any threes, and they've kind of been a six-man team early on this season. What do you make of them through three games? They're not very good, yeah. which is kind of what I thought they would be going into the season. Um, I mean, again, you lose TJD. I'm not sure how you replace him. Obviously, what Hood Shafino meant to this team, you kind of knew he's going to be – a one-year guy, and Eric Gordon, uh, 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 Noah Vonley. It, it, it's just it's tough to replace those guys. The big kid, the wear kid, you know, from Oregon, great piece. I, I think can can do some things for you, but to think he's going to come in and be Trace Jackson Davis, that's a hell of an ask for a kid that you know what scored seven points a game yeah. at, at Oregon last year. I mean, it's just there. There's there some recruiting pieces there. But it's not the level of talent they had a season ago. So it's it's you know there's a reason they were picked to finish mid pack in the Big Ten. That might be kind about it. I mean it's just it's just the reality of what they've got on that roster. Again, uh, Greg Rakeshaw's with us here. Uh, Rake, last one from me. Um, I, I got my fix in from you last uh, last weekend. I certainly got to Ben Davis Cathedral action Friday, and then a little Monon Bell Saturday. Outstanding call. As always on the Monon Bell game, we had Brett Dietz on yesterday as they get ready to Paul to play in the Division Three tournament. Um, just such a legendary game that I wanted to kind of give you the opportunity uh, to share your thoughts from calling the first ever overtime game in the 129-year history of the Monon Bell. Well, just tremendous. I mean, I, I've been fortunate to do the game for three years, and the storylines have been juicy all three years. You know, two years ago, um, Wabash is down 21 nothing after one quarter. And we're kind of looking around going, are we going to have a running clock? They don't have that in college football, by the way. But it, but it kind of felt that way. Liam Thompson throws a stiff arm in front of his own bench. Last play of the first quarter, place erupts. Wabash comes from behind to win 42-35. Last year, the game wasn't competitive. But we had a half a foot of snow before the game. And so, obviously, that's seared in your brain going forward. Um, and then this year, I mean, it was, it was a one-score game the entire way. DePauw. Scores a touchdown in their opening drive for the third consecutive year in the bell, and Wabash goes right down the field and answers, and you're just kind of like, all right, boys, here we go. Uh, and it was just twist after turn, and for in the first overtime, have to have the H-back have the snap hit him because he got going a, a, a little early, didn't, didn't time his movement properly. And for him to be the kid for DePaul in the second overtime that caught the game-winning touchdown pass after he had caught two passes the entire year for one touchdown. Wow. It's 
just again, just a remarkable finish. And I'm sure I said this last week, and I'll say it again. If you've never been to a Mo Nunn Bell game, that is simply a box you have to check at some point in time as an Indiana sports fan because there is nothing like that atmosphere in this state at either school because of what that game means to everybody on both campuses. That is their season. I know that DePaul is playing in the Division Three playoffs, but I think you ask their alums, maybe not their players right now, you ask their alums, hey, what's a bigger deal, beating Wabash or making the Division Three playoffs? The answer is the former. That's how much that game means to them. Perhaps it's too niche, but I think if you guys at ISC or, uh, I don't know, even somebody you know with more of a production background, Greencastle, Crawfordsville-related, has there ever been a documentary made on the Monon Bell game? I'm sure there have been. The, the, thing, the thing that immediately stands out is Ken Owen, who was on television, obviously, sure. locally in Fort Wayne you know, for, for many, many years. Very proud to Paul. Um, worked at DePaul University after he got out of television full-time. He was kind of the point person for a long time for all things Monon Bell for DePaul University. He has produced a series of Monon Bell memories that basically highlights like every game that's been played, like a 60 to 90 to two minute vignette about like with, you know, with, with artist renderings, with still photos, with film, with VHS video, with, with, you know, digital downloads, you know, know, with the change of technologies over the years. But, uh, and I'm not sure if that's continued over the last say handful of years, uh, but I, I saw them like over, you know, about 10 years ago from a span of 100 years. So um, for a single college football game, which is the 13th most played game in the history of American college football, with having playing 129 having just happened, there is a documented history of all of those games, which is pretty insane. That is tonight, Ben Davis and Center Grove to punch their ticket to the 6A, uh, the South ticket to the 6A state finals, which will be Saturday night, next Saturday, inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Greg Rakestraw will be on the call for that. Rake, enjoy a quieter Sunday and uh, have a great call tonight. Thanks, fellas. That's Greg Rakestraw right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Uh, Andy, he brought up that Maui tournament against in Honolulu this year for Purdue coming up on Monday um, due to the you know fires, specifically really in the Lahaina area, which is where the Lahaina Civic Center is, which is typically uh, that Maui gym is so iconic, I think, to so many of the sports fans. You've got number one Kansas, number two Purdue, number four Marquette, number seven Tennessee, number 11 Gonzaga. So five of the top 11 teams in college basketball. UCLA is just on the fringe mm-hmm. as a top 25 team. And then the other two, Syracuse and, of course, Shamana. What's happened to Syracuse basketball? Anyway, we, yeah, we don't, don't, don't answer that question. I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance that Purdue gets, well, they're going to get the Zags, Tennessee, and then you're going to end up with something like Marquette or Kansas later on. I mean, that's a freak show. And again, right? Purdue has Arizona, who's ranked, what, three right now? Yeah, yeah. They've got Arizona Who coming up. Who won at Duke, by the way. Uh, uh, yes, uh, they've got them coming up, I guess, in less than a month over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. They'll still go north of the border to take on Alabama uh, in that game in Toronto. Obviously, Zach Eady influence big there. So, a loaded non-conference. And for Indiana, it's about to uptick majorly, too. I mean, just Even if it's not going to uptick a ton in competition, which it is, Andy, for both these schools, it's a lot of games away from home. 
over the next kind of three to four weeks. Remember, the Big Ten has now slotted two conference mm-hmm. games into the early part of December as well, so you're going to get a couple of Big Ten games coming up in a few weeks for that. You have a hot take on that, moving a couple conference games up a little bit? You care about that uh, at all? N- not really. I mean, if you're going to play the amount of conference games that you want to play, yeah, you might as well. I'm good with that. I'd rather fun. you do that than play, you know, directional school here, directional school there. So, um, yeah, I-, I agree with Rake that you're not going to know as much about your team because there are going to be so many new pieces. I-, I do agree with him on that, and there can be a slippery slope there because, you know, I didn't think Indiana was going to kind of look as average as they have, and that's because even though they lost a lot of guys, there was a lot of excitement with bringing in Khalil Ware and Mackenzie Mbako, right? And there's a lot of excitement when Xavier Johnson uh, comes back as, as, as well. I-, I just, yeah, Purdue going up there, though I, I think Purdue's going to get Gonzaga tonight, uh, and then usually Monday, Monday, or yeah, excuse me, Monday, and then usually Tennessee. If they get Tennessee, Tennessee will want to muck it up a little bit and make that game physical. Do they and play a lot be, of guys? Rick yeah, Barnes, and, you know, and that'll be interesting to see how they react to that. Uh, again, five o'clock on Monday. That will be Purdue and Gonzaga, Indiana. Uh, it'll be UConn uh, coming up Sunday at. One o'clock. Uh, all right, let's lead off a morning checkdown with quite the eventful and I would think impactful Thursday night football game for the Colts. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. All right, Andy, the score last night 34 20. I guess let's start there. Lamar Jackson battled through some injury. The Ravens. Um, they win last night, so they continue to hold uh, the lead atop the very competitive uh, AFC North. But the big news, let's actually start Baltimore-related. Mark Andrews, easily their most consistent pass catcher in the Lamar Jackson era. He uh, likely suffered a season-ending ankle injury early in that game, so that is big news. I will say, I thought Odell Beckham at times last night, he, he, he turned back the clock with how he looked to me with a few of those plays. So obviously, Beckham's going to take on a much bigger role for Baltimore now moving forward. But the bigger injury would be to Joe Burrow. Uh, Greg Rakestraw mentioned that as well. You know, we had that kind of weird, blurry-ish image from earlier in the week of Cincinnati getting to Baltimore and Burrow wearing some sort of right wrist brace uh, on his right wrist, I should say, a brace wrap, however you want to call it. Uh, and then last night, he throws a touchdown to Joe Mixon, does not get hit on the play, doesn't fall through and hit any helmet, and all of a sudden, he is in serious pain. Tries to pick up a ball and throw it on the sideline. Can't do it. Same thing happens He's to demonstrative him. on the sideline. Very demonstrative. So... Now we await what the details are going to be on that. And again, the Colts' implications are this. December 10th, Indianapolis at 5-5 five and five Cincinnati. Yeah, it's a big deal for Burrow. Uh, let me, let, I'm going to say this. I, I don't know if I don't know how many people are going to agree with this. I, I, the Ravens without Mark Andrews are not a Super Bowl contender in my mind. And I know you say, well, he's just a tight end. I mean, isn't Mark Andrews their Mr. Everything? Uh, that's how I view Mark Andrews. Like if you took if you took Kelsey off, and I know Kelsey has much better numbers, okay? And Mahomes right, is better right. than Lamar Jackson. But if you took Kelsey and you said he's going to be out for the year, uh, to me, to me, the Chiefs are not winning the Super Bowl. That's how I feel with Baltimore. Now, uh, and I know Odell's okay. Again, Nelson Aguilar had a touchdown. Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham are not have not usually been there for Baltimore. Like they have, you know, it's always been Mark Andrews and a bunch of misfits at wideout. Sure. Now they've got a couple of names. So I would, I agree with you. 
normally on that sort of thought with Baltimore, but they have made a couple of moves at receiver. I still think there's just the natural comfort level any quarterback has with a veteran tight end like that. So a big deal in terms of the AFC playoff picture, whichever way you want to look at it, whether it's Baltimore and putting them on the Kansas City pedestal or with Cincinnati, as now they move to 5-5. Five and five, And right now, as we head into the weekend here of Week 11, the Colts are just one spot outside of the playoff picture. Uh, you guys can feel this, can't you? Week 18 is going, like, week 18, the AFC playoff picture is going to be totally up for grabs. Don't you feel that? Like, when we are the witching hour on the red zone, that we are going to find out, like, seeding, and some teams are flat out not going to make the postseason? Like, you guys feel that in your bones, don't you? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, the Bengals play the Browns in Week 18. Well, I, <laughs> That game's going to mean a lot. Speaking of witches. Texans-Colts might mean a lot. I feel like someone's cast. Yeah, agreed. I feel like someone's casting sure. a spell on me with this news. Ian Rapport from NFL Network just... Uh, tweeted out that the Browns are hosting Joe Flacco for a workout. <laughs> he we, just doesn't we, go away. Aren't we done with him? Well, apparently we're not done with him. He apparently was, we're not. He was seen on, you know, boarding a flight to Cleveland last night. <laughs> boarding a flight to go where? To the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad, you know, you weren't you weren't on that flight. Like, is that Joe Flacco? Like, I'm going to get all the t- retweets and likes now on Twitter. I'm going to be Ian Rappaport and Schefter to it. football fan here. How old is Flacco? You're, so you're a Flacco hater then a little bit. Just kind of done with him. Well, yeah, I think a lot has had to happen for someone to even bring what, him in. I think he, everyone's done with him, right? Flacco is 38 years old. Wasn't he awful with the Jets? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was. He wasn't good. Boy, Joe Flacco. Zach Wilson was better at the Jets. Oof. Uh, all right. All right. Let's keep him coming. Yeah, let's move, move on, on from that one. Uh, yeah, let's move on. College basketball. There's the swoosh. Indiana, 89-80 winners over Wright State. One thing that's been talked about early in the season, three-point defense for Mike Woodson and company. Wright State knocked in 11 of them. Really got back in the game, uh, you know, latter parts of the first half because of the three ball. Here's Woodson postgame. And we go a little something like this. <laughs> Hit it. Us switching correctly and getting getting next to a guy before he shoots the basketball, that would help. I really don't want to talk about it. I like to talk about my grandbaby. So he wanted to talk about the grandbaby. Not three-point defense, but uh, right Shout State out to Mariah 42%. Woodson for, yes, a new daughter born there. Hmm, that's good for them. Indiana now 3-0. and UConn Will that be a Peaks topic up. message board? Let's focus more on Mike Woodson becoming a grandfather I could see that being the case. McKenzie and Baco's 3-9 of nine performance. Quit being so mean to Woodson and asking him about his three-point defense. He's a family man. Let him talk about his grandbaby. Uh, 89-80. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the, uh, was it Ryan Wellage last night who hit all the threes for hey, right 25 State. points off the bench. The pride of Greensburg. Uh, I was next door neighbors with some Greensburg folks. Shout out to Corey Fisher and Kyle Burcham. They were our next door neighbor roommates freshman year from Greensburg. What did they tell me? The Wellage boys can always shoot Is it. Is that what they told you? They, they told me that. And sure enough, last night, the Wellage kid shot the hell out of it. So I can imagine what that one meant to him <laughs> as a Southern Indiana uh, native. Uh, Who starts more games, by the way, in the NFL? Carson Wentz or Joe Flacco in 2023? (laughs) Oh, Wentz, for sure. Oh, you know, Stafford's often injured, but 
I mean, don't they go to I'm P.J. The, Walker before they go to Flacco? Probably, but I could see Flacco at, near the end. I, I could totally see Flacco start a game. And to be fair, this is just totally. a workout. It's not a signing just oh, yet. Oh, sure, but if he ever got signed, I could see Flacco somehow weaseling his way in to where he's starting the game this season in the NFL. Matt Ryan's is punching the air at a CBS <laughs> studio right now. Somebody call me. <laughs> Where's I'm Nick here. Foles? Is Foles alive? I don't know. Uh, Pacers Boy. back to practice yesterday. Did see Jalen Smith participated limited, so good news on that after he went to the hospital Tuesday night in Philly. We talked about the Daniel Tice move official again yesterday. Said so opens up a roster spot for the Pacers. Nothing tonight and nothing tomorrow. It'll be the Magic coming up on Sunday. That'll be, uh, what, Gary Harris? Uh, usually the Magic got a couple of Indiana connections, so... Uh, the pride of Fishers there, the HSC product, Gary Harris. Speaking of Gary Harris, by the way, his Spartans hosting Don't Butler forget. tonight, eight and a half point Ooh. favorite. Sparty over. It's a pretty Butler. close spread. Goga's on that team too. Don't forget. Goga tribute video nights. Yeah. Uh, how many combined Final Fours for Thad Mata and Tom Izzo? Oh goodness. <sighs> This might be a pop quiz question. Okay, well, then I don't want to answer it then. <laughs> what would be your guess? Oh, I don't know. Is it like uh, like eight or something like that? A little underselling of those two very legendary college basketball coaches there. Yeah. But, yes, we'll see if that pops up on the pop quiz. Coming eight up or nine, something like that. In about uh, an hour. Quickly, just to clean up, uh, clean up a couple things. Some local college football. Purdue at Northwestern. Indiana hosting Michigan State. Both of those games at noon. Indiana... And Purdue favored both of them by around three, three and a half. And then NL, uh, NL, uh, MLB MVPs released yesterday. Otani in the American League and Acuna Jr. in the National League. Figured I would throw that out there, right? Come on. This guy's had good years. Give him some love. Otani looked like he was in a hotel room accepting his award. So congratulations to them. Did we ever find out last time Indiana and Purdue were both favored no. in Big Ten games in the same weekend? No, we did not. No, no one did that research. I don't know where I'd begin with that research. I'm going to try and look that up during okay. the break, all right? All right, good luck. Uh, you said you want to talk a little NFL quarterbacks? Yeah, we'll do some quarterback talk, and we got to dive into this Carissa Thompson story at some point as well. And did you see Snoop Dogg's tweet yesterday? <laughs> no, I, we'll I don't, get I don't believe it. Yeah, okay, so Mark has seen oh, it. Oh, boy, okay. Here I, don't, I think there's an angle to it. We can get to that, too, after the break. Quick. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Reminder, Tony Adrania going to join us top of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk some uh, Indiana basketball with him. You heard the lead-in music. Did, now, did you look this up during the break? You didn't look up the Snoop Dogg tweet, did you, KB? Yeah, I was okay. trying to look up last time Purdue and Indiana were both favorite. <laughs> and they both have three wins. It's not like either of them are good. You know, Purdue well, was no. what, in the Big Time Championship game last year. Indiana had yes, they were. how many wins back in 2020? Like, uh, that's even more shocking to me. So, I, no, I did not look up Snoop Dogg's Twitter. Okay, well, uh, he tweeted this last night. I have a theory on it. I know. I figured Mark Dykton would see this as well. Uh, yesterday at 11.59 a.m., so basically you're getting ready to have your turkey and your club sandwich, okay, for lunch. Snoop Dogg tweeted, I'm giving up smoke. 
Uh, he then put a, a picture of himself. It looked like he was praying and said, after much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. So, Mark, what do you? What is your? Theory? What do you think Snoop is up to? Because there ain't no way in hell he's giving up smoke. You've only had like forty something years of Snoop Dogg <laughs> lighting up a fatty. I don't think he's giving it up at this point of his life. Do you see? Didn't he pay some guy to to roll his marijuana like a hundred grand a year? Yeah, it was something ridiculous uh-huh. like that. I feel like him giving up smoke would be like me giving up cheese. <laughs> yeah. It ain't gonna happen. No. Oh man, me giving nor, up. Nor, nor should it happen. That might be like a Lent thing. Like if he wanted to give it up for Lent, but no, I don't think I don't he's know. doing that. Forty either. days. Yeah. That'd this be worry about the health th- there. There, there is some sort of a money making opportunity here. He's doing this. Smoke doesn't mean what we think. Or Snoop Dogg's gonna have some gummy brand. That's my theory. Like there's that like could be it. he's uh, a business. That, that he's, is a good idea. Yeah, he's a businessman. Snoop ain't giving up what everyone knows Snoop uh, for. I went to a con- I went to a concert where Snoop Dogg performed. It was like Lincoln Park and Corn, and Snoop Dogg is like a mashup tour, and he. Th- Lit up a blunt. He threw it in the crowd. And I was like, I've never smoked weed before, but if I caught a Snoop Dogg blunt, I'd probably... Like, that has to be the best weed of all time, right? Well, you certainly better take a little little bit you of a drag before you boot, boot out of the arena. Here's, yeah. here's the thing about that. I guess it's fitting I'm wearing my smoky Mark, shirt today Mark, with all Mark, of the stuff. Mark here. buried the lead there. I remember that crappy tour where they, had, where they had those heavy metal bands, those new metal bands, and then they threw in hip-hop acts like Snoop Dogg. It's Snoop Dogg, and I think Ice-T was there, too. <laughs> And corn. Oh man, if there is someone on the earth that I could not see listen to corn, it might be Kevin Bowen. I have heard a corn song. <laughs> okay, or two. But, I'm, but I'm just saying. Is if, that a backwards K in corn? Uh, it is. No, it's a backwards R. Backwards or an R. R that, yeah. That's what yeah. it is. You, you were right uh, on one of those. Now, so, am I. Um, if you're going to list your favorite college football fight songs, am I seeing a top five? Am I going to hear a top five fight song here on Saturday? Okay, well, we, oh boy, 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 boy. Uh, here's what I would say. This is my rough, rough sketch. Can oh, I give you my rough list and sure. you can rip, yeah. rip away? Where's Notre Dame on it? Rough list of top five college fight songs, okay? Okay. No order. Notre Dame. Okay. Maybe that's the top yeah, of the list. Yeah, I don't yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah. Notre Dame, Michigan, Tennessee, USC. Yep. USC. Yep. And I have always loved the Rambo and Wreck of Georgia Tech with a hell of an engineer. Oh, okay. I'll go Georgia Tech. Okay. What, got, what, what am I missing there? Uh, bu- 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 who are you missing? Uh, okay. Do Can you we like, get some Rocky Top, Mark? What, oh, are we boy. To play that? See, people hate Rocky Top. Oh, no, really? you're, mis- you're misreading the room. I mean, where I'm from, I listen. Well, you're from Kentucky. I, I, I know, listen, you'll hear Rocky Top 40 times, and you may enjoy it. You'll be drinking beers, and there'll be other people. But I'm if, a tourist. If, if, yeah, I want to hear it a thousand if times. If you're not loving some t- Tennessee volunteers, Rocky Top, people hate it. People get tired of it. Uh, so what you're saying is divisive. Like, if I put on the USC fight song, people like it. It's not too divisive. Uh, but Rocky Top, while it should be on the list it is the only divisive one on the list is and what i would say go. and now it's rocky top time when you have that oh. kind of field position edge you have to capitalize that was a huge huge get out of the way todd blackledge quiet down get out of the way rocky top that's beautiful man well am i missing any obvious what? ones there is. Th- I mean, hail to the victors is really yeah, good. Th- listen, there are people in their car right now that have never disagried with you more than they really? do. Than they I don't do. think we have that Tennessee venom here. 
that they do right now. I mean, Peyton Manning's like pretty much the, uh, the yeah. Indiana sun. I was trying to look at what Knoxville is going to look like this weekend for weather. Have you looked at it? Uh, it's going to be like 59, oh, I think. Dude, it's going to be 60 Saturday. and sunny. Yeah, perfect. Kickoff, it's going to be 62 and sunny. Ah, uh, Dusty uh, chimes in here in the YouTube chat uh, on Wisconsin. That was our junior high fight. So. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like almost with Wisconsin, it's more jump around, honestly, than anything. I mean, for me, USC's on that list. I mean, Michigan's on that list. I, you know, I don't care. You know, the the Notre Dame. I'm I'm not like too hot takey on it. Are you anything with Florida State with the chop? Any of that? Is that, is, that I don't know. I guess yeah, I don't you know. get into some technicalities here. Of uh, maybe we need some band leaders to call in on what exactly is their fight <laughs> song versus their light it up Indianapolis. Yeah. Well, I mean, light it up here with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I that's guess. true. That's kind of the lane that we did go. Boomer sooner? Did you say that? That's uh, nah. a vital one to some people. Boomers. I mean, no, oh, I'm just no, looking at no. top. T- I'm just I, looking I, at top ten list. Like that's all I'm doing right now. I like when the thing falls over. What's the what's the little wagon for? Ah, uh, the of a wagon. Term. Yeah, I like the when thing falls over. I knew what you meant. The eyes of Texas. <laughs> the thing falls over, yes. I, whenever there is a mishap with some sort of carriage or vehicle, in right. a, especially when the team's sad, they're like, ah, oh, we're three, you know, we're three and five this year. It's not our year. And then, you know, you bring out Boomer sooner and, uh, you know, you fall over, you know? That yeah. makes it funnier when you're three and sure. five. Yeah. The chat like, is pushing back on Andy saying that, no, Indiana likes Rocky Top. It's Kentucky that doesn't like Rocky Top. I, I Listen, there's not a human I being. I think Rocky Top is liked in 49 oh, states. I, I, no, Alabama doesn't. Alabama, no, no. Uh, Louisiana doesn't like it. I, I'm telling you, you guys, I, I'm just, I'm telling you, I don't know 10 people in my life that like Rocky Top. Not 10. That I should say that are that are volunteer fans. You're okay, so I don't I don't know what to do with that game. A bunch of sharps. I, I'm taking think, Tennessee ten, ten and a half at home. Oh, okay. It's just too much. I mean, obviously, I'm but biased because I'm there. Man, but. Their defense stinks, though. So, like, my thing would be Georgia just clinched a spot in the SEC I, title. I know. I don't. Where can where can you get the Georgia total team over? And kind of and kind of play around with that on some parlays. That's how I would play your game. Unless you like Tennessee, just straight up, you know, yeah, ten, you ten and a half, whatever you, you can't can get. Be it a kneeling or a I got smoky no shirt and take Georgia t- total team over. I, listen, I, you're gonna have a great time. I, like I said, I'm living through you. This anybody that's been to Knoxville, been to Tennessee football weekends, have any suggestions? Feel free to hit me up on Twitter, please. Yeah. I'm assuming you're just gonna take Brock Bowers' notes so that you can bring it back. I on will. Do a, he's gonna do one thousand percent future Colt tight end Brock Bowers. He's gonna like some blog entry is gonna go up at like four forty five on one oh seven five thefancom It's like, KB, you know, you could have just taken a couple hours off on Saturday. You didn't need no, to do twelve hundred words on I Brock Bowers. Dr- I want a drunk blog, Kevin Bowen. <laughs> when we had this Dane guy right here, when we had Dane Bruglaw on earlier this week, I believe he said Brock Bowers fourth overall prospect. Correct. Yeah, he said he'd be oh, top 10. Now, tight end is fascinating to me because there's a little bit of a luxury pick is kind of how I view tight end. Part of me feels that way about the position. Yeah. And we've talked about Mark Andrews today on the show after a season-ending ankle injury. Andy, name me the three best tight ends in football. Yeah, I mean, a- Andrews, Kelsey. I mean, Kittle. You, you, you would prob- probably go Kittle. So yeah, what, probably. round three for Andrews, round three for... Kelsey in round five for Kittle. I think I think Kittle was a fifth rounder. You know, yeah. tight end is one of oh, those positions you. where you can kind. You know, it's well, not. Get, and if you look at the first rounders, it's like well, I asked you about know, Kyle Eric Pitts, Ebron, yeah. and Vernon Davis, and Kyle Pitts, and T.J. Hawkins. I mean, yes, those guys. Some of those guys have had nice careers, but you know, to the level of taking them as high as they went. 
I don't know. I mean, the Giants took Evan Ingram. Remember him out of Ole Miss? I'm trying to think of other guys that were taken way too high. Yeah, I mean, to Dallas me, Goddard, second round. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, again, Goddard's had a nice no, career, no, no, but it's like, is it worth taking that guy that high? Mm-hmm. Boy, the Colts are not taking Bowers. Like, don't you feel pretty know. damn confident? He's, to the, me, I think labeling him as just a tight end is a bit unfair. I, I don't disagree with that. I just think the Ballard dominate will go the SEC like that. He's good. And the he, Colts have been desperate for tight end help, and just adding that kind of a weapon to Anthony Richardson, what that would I, do for your offense, it almost takes the pressure off adding a wide receiver because you're kind of getting a hybrid like Brugler said in in Bowers. I, I still am not like totally slamming the door shut on this tight end group. I, I I do want to make that clear. I'm not, you know, obviously the Jelani Woods season's been very disappointing. Mo Ali Cox, okay, I think you've kind of moved on from that experiment in terms of it being a, oh yeah, here's our number one tight end. But you know, a, a guy like Drew Ogletree, I'd like to see stay healthy for a month and a half and see what could happen. Uh, Will Mallory, you know, I'd like to see him a little bit more in a consistent role here. And- no consistency. No, at, I mean, at, at from all. No, just, yeah, just nobody anywhere. in the group. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's been injuries. Kyler Granson's the closest thing, and you, you wouldn't yeah. even label it. Well, that. there's been good play. There's been bad play. There's been, uh, I mean, everyone has taken their time being injured in that room. And this is, I don't believe I have said it this week. Maybe I said it Monday. I don't know. I cannot remember. Where the hell is Jelani Woods? Did you see him yesterday? Where's my guy at? I mean, how's the hamstring? Yeah. It's the longest hamstring injury in the history of hamstring injuries. Yeah, I'm going to do something for our website here coming up next week, kind of looking at you know items to watch here the rest of the way, and I would label Jelani Woods and Nick Cross together. You know, when you look at last year's third-round picks, Andy, they had a trio of third-round picks last year. Bernard Ryman, to me, I, I'm already ready to say Sharpie, left tackle, moving forward. Like, that is a great pick. I feel very confident about that. But the other two third-round picks last year, Jelani Woods and Nick Cross – very much up in the air. Very much up in the air. So, yeah, well, and going into the season, does anything change in the final seven? Well, weeks? going into the season, you would have thought that Jelani Woods would have a nice year this year. Yes. Oh sure. I mean, right. you could have made the case that again, outside of Michael Pittman, you know, who would be second on this team in catches, you could have made a case that maybe Woods would have. Yeah, him, him not him not playing this year is actually we're talking about Bowers, and if you ever used a you know top ten pick or right outside the top ten pick, it, you know, wherever the Colts are, let's just use them as an example. You didn't get any. We talked about clarity. You know, we talked about it at left tackle. You just mentioned it. Clarity uh, at quarterback. Clarity all over the field. Well, you didn't get that at tight end, did you? And with Jelani Woods specifically. No, you haven't sniffed may, it may, at all I mean, so far. You did the other guys. You know what you have with the other guys. But with Jelani Woods, you were hoping to see, okay, is he a starting tight end? Because if he's a starting tight end, we don't bring up Brock Bowers at all as it pertains to the Colts. That one time. Maybe get back in the IU conversation here in about 10 minutes. Again, Tony Adranya does a great job. Um, and I think being a rather unbiased observer of Indiana basketball does it from a coaching perspective. And so one his thoughts on what he's seen, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I feel like he thinks it's a little bit more personnel lineup based for the issues than just strictly kind of scheme here early in the season. So we'll do that coming up in about 10 uh, and get back in a little NFL quarterback chatter on the other side. Overcast, kind of an ugly Friday here in Indianapolis. Thanks for spending with us, though. Wake up call. KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
Reminder, coming up in about 10 minutes, Tony Adranya going to join us. We'll talk some IU basketball with him. We'll do that. Also, a reminder, miss any of our show or any of the shows here on The Fan. You can go ahead, download that podcast, wherever you get podcasts, or 1075thefan.com. Rewatch the YouTube, CKB's hair. You can look at Kevin's smoky shirt. Looking good today. Looking brand new. He's not wearing his wedding ring. He's not wearing his wedding ring today. Uh, So a big SEC weekend for Kevin. responded to my text about it. LOL. See the wedding ring. You see it anywhere. Put it on the kitchen table for me. I wanted to bring this up just quickly here for a couple. We have a couple minutes. I just, for me, it's just worth looking and thinking back. With Joe Burrow being injured last night, that uh, uh, just about the kind of average play by some quarterbacks, and then just the injuries to the quarterback. And I'm going to miss some guys. And I know a couple weeks ago I kind of listed off all the guys who would be playing and starting. You know the you know the Bears had a guy that no one had ever heard of, oh, T- Tommy DeVito. Yeah, Bajan, Tommy DeVito, whoever the hell the Rams threw out there when Stafford missed a game. And it's just worth you know if you look at like Aaron Rodgers started things off being injured this year. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, and Tyrod Taylor. Like I said, Matthew Stafford missed a game. Anthony Richardson, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Tyler uh, Heineke got got injured when he came in for Desmond Ritter. Jimmy G, and I know I'm missing somebody. And then, you know, Josh Allen's leading the league in picks. Everyone's down on Josh Allen this year. Mac Jones stinks. Zach Wilson stinks. Desmond Ritter stunk it up. Uh, Pat Mahomes has had a, a fine year, but he hasn't had one of his Superman years. He has eight interceptions already this year. The mess in Arizona at quarterback. I, I mean, it just you know, it just it's wild. It's wild just how little, how how crazy the quarterback position has been, and it just shows you for as much as you want to protect the quarterback position, you just cannot do it. And our defense uh, it's crazy is figuring it out. I, I don't know if it's the return of the defense I don't know what it is I, I really don't but you have had sub, you've had subpar play and then some guys have had subpar play while also being injured and then just some big injuries just I mean think of the contracts of Burrow and and Watson and you know people being excited about a guy like Anthony Richardson Daniel Jones just got paid Justin Fields was in a contract year uh, with the Bears just Kirk Cousins the money he made, just the amount of money that has gone into quarterbacks that have went down this year, to me, it's just wild. I, I don't know. It's just wild. Yeah, and honestly, you have some, I would say, decent, like, under-the-radar young guy stories, though, a quarterback. or Honestly, like, a variety of them now just start to pop into my head. Obviously, C.J. Stroud. You know, Sam Howell has been a nice find for the Commanders. Is it fair to say like Russell Wilson's r- resurrected things a little bit? P- perhaps. And listen, if Anthony Richard, if they were five and five, and Richardson was the quarterback for the Colts, he'd be a guy that we would be talking about along with C.J. Stroud. I, you might be right. Like Hertz has had a fine year. He's a little injured. Yeah, he Brock hasn't had a great Purdy, year. Yeah, yeah. I just just go down the list. It is not the year of the quarterback. It has so often been the year of the quarterback, but that's not the case. So this does season. this mean we get an AJ Brown for MVP? A Tyreek Hill for MVP? Miles Garrett? Yeah. If 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 the Browns made the postseason, Miles Garrett would have to be a top three or four, would he not? What if the Steelers made a run here would have to be in consideration? I don't think we get that. 
Um, A.J. Brown offensively would be the closest, would he not? Just because we love offense. But yeah, I, I think not, Tyreek Hill would be up there. Yeah, well. I, I, I guess I guess you're right. Tyreek Hill, perhaps. Maybe we, maybe we get that. Micah Parsons, we'll see how Dallas ends their season. We'll see that as well. But uh, it's wild to think about the contracts into these quarterbacks and just some of the substandard play and guys just flat out missing a ton of time. We're going to get a little smarter about IU basketball. We're going to do that next with Tony Adranya. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, going to talk some Indiana baseball. Tony Adrania going to join us here in just a second. Reminder, you miss any of the shows or you want to take us on the road, you can do so. 1075thefan.com. Download the free app as well. Uh, we'll talk some college basketball with Tony here, some Indiana basketball. The Hoosiers winners by nine last night. Uh, I need to look up who had the right state layup that changed everything uh, with <laughs> Vegas line if you had the line early. Uh, a couple different reminders before we get to Tony. IU football in action on Saturday. That's over on IBC at 11 a.m. Uh, here on the fan on Saturday, Washington, Oregon State. We'll have that game at 7 o'clock. Bears, Lions a little uh, since the Colts are off obviously. Bears and Lions coming your way Sunday at 12.30. Pacers back in action on Sunday as well. That pregame coverage right here on the fan beginning at 4.30. Alright, so Indiana one last night. It did not make me uh, quite frankly feel too much better about them going into UConn and then obviously eventually the Big Ten schedule. Tony Adranya joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Tony, good morning. 11 hours ago you tweeted out something to the effect of, uh, let's see, what was it? A concern meter continues to rise. So where is your concern meter as we sit here? The Hoosiers 3-0 and uh, but not three great performances thus far. <laughs> yeah, good morning, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, you know, so I, I tweeted that last night that my concern meter continues to rise. And I'm typically, I try to stay level-headed about November college basketball, essentially, especially with the transfer portal and, you know, lineups or, um, excuse me, rosters just in a lot of flux in the offseason and all that. So try to stay pretty level-headed. I think after the first game, Florida Gulf Coast, I kind of said, hey, you know, miss me with the negativity. First game, Borgo Coast is a decent opponent. Then they played Army, who, you know, is by all metrics one of the worst teams in the country and essentially came down to the last couple possessions. So it's like, all right, you know, there might be something here. I, I don't know. And then last night against Wright State without their leading scorer, uh, you know, kind of the same story where it, it came down to the wire. So, again, I, I, I'm not, like, sounding the alarm uh, on Indiana yet. But at the same time, there are some legitimate concerns uh, about this team and, and kind of their makeup, and, and especially on the defensive end, it looks like, uh, to where, yeah, that, that concern meter has, has risen a bit over the last couple of weeks. For you to sound the alarm, what would it take? Would it, or what needs to get better uh, unless you're going to sound the alarm? Would it be that defense? What would it be? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I look at Indiana's defense, uh, you know, it, when you look at it in the, the grand scheme of college basketball, fifty almost fifty four percent of their opponents' points are coming from the three point line. Um, 
52% of them are, are – uh, or 52% of opponents' field goal attempts are three-pointers right now. So teams right now are just feasting at the three-point line on Indiana and, and contrast that with IU only, you know, 26% of their, their field goal attempts are coming from the three-point line. So, um, you know, Zach Osterman had a great article in the Indy Star this week about how opponents are really um, outscoring Indiana from the three-point line, kind of in a macro issue, I think, since 2017. And then, you know, you look at it more of a micro level here in, in 2023, and, you know, the three-point defense is, is certainly a concern for Indiana and something that, that Mike Woodson is going to have to clean up quick because – it doesn't get any easier from here, you know, with UConn uh, coming on Sunday. Yeah, 24 points last night, outscored from behind the arc against Wright State. Tony, before we get any further, and by the way, thank you for the time here on this Friday morning, I do want to make sure we get in a little bit of background of you. I, I, the, the diehard IU uh, audience certainly knows you. You've established quite the presence on social media and made appearances in their various podcasts. Uh, but, you know, a high school basketball coach, I know you've done some AAU as well. Uh, if you don't mind, just uh, give our listeners a little bit of a background uh, on uh, your IU, you know, I guess film diving into. Your bona fides. That you love to We need to Tony's do. bona fides. Yeah. Give me your bona fides, yeah. Tony. Give us the credentials. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to kind of go back, you know, I, I was a four-year high school basketball player at Southport on the south side of Indy, uh, went to IU, studied um, broadcasting, you know, did some stuff with you, Kevin. And essentially, you know, I, there was people that were too good at it, like you, Kevin, to where I was like, I'm never going to make a career out of this. So I pivoted um, and kind of went into the marketing realm and decided to start coaching basketball. So I, I went back to my alma mater Started coaching at Southport, coached there seven or eight years, um, coached for the Indiana Elite AAU program all the way up through this past summer. Um, and, you know, through that, uh, kind of I stopped high school basketball coaching a few years ago when I had my first kid. It was also COVID. And to kind of scratch that itch, I just started diving into IU film and, um, you know, just started tweeting clips out and stuff like that. And, and people really seemed to enjoy that level of analysis. And so I just kind of kept doing it. And, and now, you know, I, I do that It's probably 10 to 20 hours a week, just diving into IU basketball film, trying to find the nuances of, of where the game's at. And then, um, you know, I partnered up with the folks at Assembly Call, and we've got a little community where, where uh, folks can, can kind of dive into that film and ask certain questions and things like that. So that's kind of where it all went. You know, I was able to, to scratch that coaching itch by doing this, the broadcasting itch. Um, as well, uh, and so it's been a lot of fun. I uh, could have never imagined it, it. It came to this and had the audience that I've got on on Twitter and things, or or being on you know local radio. But it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's outstanding work. As I said to you last year when we met, I was like, you, are, you too good of insight for us not to try and have you on here when the season rolls around. So again, thank you for the time, and hopefully the first of many here in this college basketball season. Um, I, I want to go back to something that you uh, brought up from a. Uh, I guess a three-point standpoint. Um, do you view it from a lineup issue of it's a little bit more personnel-based, and I guess a, oh, maybe oversimplify it, I use just too big in the starting lineup to defend the perimeter properly? I think that that certainly plays a part. And, and I don't even know if it's like too big or if it's just the, the pieces don't necessarily fit. Like McKinsey and Baco, um, you know, tremendous talent, um, you know, Top ten player, you know his recruitment in the spring was one of the biggest ones for IU. They, you know, they beat out Bill Self in Kansas to get him. Um, but you know, from a defensive perspective, he looks a little lost out there. 
And, you know, Mike Woodson, he comes with an NBA scheme. And it's a lot different than what anybody, any of these guys has ever been taught. And so to expect guys to know that, and I don't know that he actually expects them to know it by November, but, um, you know, these new guys, especially freshmen, to to have that, um, to have to guard at the level he's expecting and, and understand the scheme at the level that he wants, it's just really hard. And compound that with McKenzie Mbako has played more of like a four role and now he's in a three role where, you know, it, it's completely different. Plus, he's got a new scheme to learn. It, it kind of explains and, and helps you understand why sometimes when he's on the floor, his head looks to kind of just be spinning uh, a bit. But I, I do think it is somewhat lineup dependent. You know, I look at Indiana's starting lineup, and it, it's pretty average in terms of their defensive rating, um, which, you know, average for this group right now would be pretty dang good. Um, and then you look at their lineup with Gabe Cups, and I, I tweeted this out. When you add Gabe Cups instead of McKenzie and Baco to that lineup, they played 37 possessions this season and, you know, have a, have a net rating, which is like basically your offense versus your defense. That's one of the top in the country. Um, you know, their defensive rating is 81, which is, you know, top 75 percentile in the country. So, um, you know, they're. It, to me, that lends more to lineup than scheme because there are lineups that are playing extended amount of possessions that are defending really well. Um, you know, if it was completely scheme dependent, it would just be across the board. And that, that really hasn't been the case with IU quite yet. Um, so to me, it, it does spell more lineup stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to play more than five guys. So, um, you know, if your scheme is too difficult for your guys six through ten, Maybe you need to adjust that. Tony Adranya with us. Uh, we're talking some Indiana basketball with him on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I, I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm nodding my head because I agree with you. I, I mean, come on. Are we, so are you saying maybe bench and Baco? Bring Gabe Cups in? Does it matter who starts? What would you do with the starting lineup then? Yeah, I don't necessarily think it means to bench and Baco. Um to me, like last night, Indiana had, a, I think it was a 28-13 lead with about 10 minutes left. Um, the second unit, which was, you know, when Mike Wilson plays the second unit, it's the second unit. It's guys 6 through 10. You know, it's not intermixing lineups. It's more of an NBA line change type thing. Well, when the starters came back in with Mbako and those guys, they were flat. Um, so to me, it, it's not necessarily like in bench Mbako. It's, it's more so... If you're going to bring the bench in, you know, maybe you bring six and seven in with, mm-hmm. um, you know, one through three or, or whatever the case may be instead of like six through ten playing. Because not only are, are you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's your sixth best and your t- three or tenth best guys playing. It's also your first through your five sitting all together and just kind of losing that steam. Like last night, I, you had a lot of momentum building um, and, and had a 15-point lead, you know, the White State was on pace to score 50 points in the game. And those, that starting unit just sat too long, in my opinion, and, and really just kind of lost their mojo. And when they came back in, that's really when the wheels kind of started to fall off with the defense. Again, Tony Dranya is with us here. You can follow him on Twitter. That is at Coach 
Adranya. Great, great follow uh, here. Again, provides kind of in-game updates as he sees it, but certainly breaks some stuff uh, down um, after games. That is uh, at coach and then A-D-R-A-G-N-A. Tony, as you look at the upcoming schedule, I guess like how much do you think you can continue to try and, and, and tinker and improve as the competition improves? You know, you've had your three, and, and for lack of a better term, cupcakes here to start the year, and now all of a sudden it's, Six of your next seven against Power Fives. Harvard's the only one in between there. Harvard is, I think, better than um, you know labeling them just a straight cupcake. Uh, only two of those seven are at home. I guess how much of this do you see uh, being able to be fixed as we get deeper into November and December and even start a little Big Ten play with Maryland and Michigan coming up in a few weeks? Yeah, it's it doesn't get any easier, that's for sure. Um and yeah, it's going to be tough. Like you know, you've got UConn, and then if, if you win that, you you've obviously got probably you um, Texas. If you lose that, you've got Louisville. So there's <laughs> there's your cupcake, I guess you could throw in the mix there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, in terms of being able to to fix things, it's it's got to happen fast, and you know, it's got to be a lot of film study. And you know, I know that that's one thing that Mike Woodson really hangs his hat on is they watch a lot of film, and they've got to fix it. Um, and they got to fix it fast. You know, UConn is a, a defending national champion with guys. They shoot a lot of threes as well. You know, they're in the top 40 in the country in terms of three point percentage rate. So it's, it's, I fear it could get ugly on Sunday if these things aren't fixed quickly. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not saying anything that's earth shattering there, but um, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, it, all the way through December, Indiana's really going to have to grind it out. They're going to have to go on the road a couple times. They've got some neutral site games against good opponents. Um, Maryland and Michigan, you know, here in just a couple weeks, kicking off the Big Ten season, neutral with Auburn, home with Kansas. Like, those are going to be – that's going to be a tough stretch. And I guess from an Indiana fan perspective, like, I, you do have to be patient here. And by all, you know – by all means, I think that that probably could get a little ugly. You know, if IU wins two or three out of those, like as Indiana fans, I think you, you've got to be realistic there. I'm like, that's not bad. Um, and they're going to probably take some lumps here. So I, I would say that I know it's going to be probably a tough stretch for Indiana fans, and there will be a lot of uh, alarms being sounded, I'm sure of it. Um, but at the same time, too, like you don't want your team peaking in November or December. And – it's really hard. It's really easy when you're a fan of a team to just focus on that team and man, my team is really bad or we're really struggling. Well, you look at the entire college basketball landscape right now. Um, it hasn't been pretty basketball. Like mm-hmm. you know, you, you watch that Duke and that Michigan State game. Like that wasn't very pretty. I will say Kentucky Kansas was probably one of the better games I've seen this season. But like the entire college basketball landscape is changing with, like I mentioned, the, the transfer portal and those things. So. It's really easy to focus on on your team and the micro picture of it, but in the macro picture of college basketball, like November basketball is just really bad right now. Um, and I, I think that that's something college basketball fans are probably just going to have to get used to with the portal and those things. Outside of maybe a little bit more Gabe Cups, uh, what else would you look for or would you be intrigued by lineup-wise from a tweaking standpoint, whether it's C.J. Gunn, Caleb Banks, uh, anybody else, I guess, when you talk some of those reserves? Yeah, honestly, I'd like to see a little bit of Mbako at the four with Ware um, at the five. I, I think, you know, it, it's easy to focus on, like, three or four and, like, position numbers. Um, but, you know, I think it'd be easier for Mbako to guard force, you know, 
asking him to guard on the perimeter when he hasn't really had to do a lot of that um, in his basketball career is a tough ask. So I'd love to see a little bit of a Mako at the four with Ware at the five. Now, granted, that that sits Malik Renew on the bench, um, who's also one of your, your best offensive players and, and a go-to guy. So it's just, you know, IU's got kind of a, a front-court logjam right now where most of their effective pieces are right there. So um, I'd like that, but I, I do like – Cups and Xavier Johnson playing together, two ball handlers and playmakers for others um, as well. Um, would love to see uh, CJ Gunn get going. Uh, you know, he's a guy that Mike Woodson at the beginning of the season kind of said, hey, you know, we're going to lean on him and he's going to play some minutes and we're going to need him. He's really struggled with his shot to, to start the year. And so I, I know that um, IU staff would like to see him get going a little bit, but maybe that's something where you throw him in with that. That's kind of that first five to just build some confidence with him. He doesn't have to be looked at as the scorer because that's what he gets when he's with that second unit. Like he's their scoring guy. So he's really looking to be that guy and defenses are keying on him. So maybe put him in more of a secondary role with that, that first group and he can kind of let the game come to him a little bit more. So um, all that to say, it, it's really easy to say that, you know, from where I sit, I understand that, that Mike Woodson has a tough job with two ten new newcomers on the squad, and um, you know that, that's tough to try to piece that together when you know your fourth game of the season is against the defending national champion. So um, yeah, it's it's why he makes the big bucks, I suppose. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. It, it is. You know, I thought Gunn was going to get going there uh, in the first half. Hit a couple shots, had a pull up jumper like on the baseline. I thought, okay, you know, he's going to be able to give them something offensively. It looked like there were going to be a lot of points in the game, but just ended with those four points. Positively, Khalil Ware, okay? Um, obviously, five-star recruit had, uh, you know, him transferring from Oregon to Indiana was a big deal. Shooting like 74, 75% from the field, 18 and 10, has been real solid. Obviously, the competition's going to get better against UConn and then going in to the Big Ten schedule. Did you think he would be this good? What makes him a good player right now for Indiana? Just letting the game come to him. Um, you know, he, he's not forcing the issue. He's playing within the confines of the offense. And, you know, for for him, you know, he's a kid that his motor was questioned at Oregon. Um, you know, Mike Woodson's been outspoken about that, that Oregon questioned his motor. And for me, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch because he's a kid that, you know, was a McDonald's All-American. You know, everybody thought he was going to be a one-and-done at Oregon ran into a tough situation and really is kind of having to renew himself and and get back on those draft boards and things like that. So uh, a tremendous start to the year for him. Um, you know, as you mentioned, IU's played some some smaller teams and, and mid-majors, so I'm really intrigued to see what he does against Wisconsin. But at the end of the day, too, Khalil Ware at Oregon last season, he had a five-game stretch that was against, like, the likes of Texas and Villanova where he averaged, like, 16 points per game. So it, it's – it's not unheard of for him to put up some big stat lines. It's more so, can he do that throughout the course of the season? And he's off to a heck of a start. Yeah, I'd say easily. If you're making a list of the positives, uh, Cleo Ware and a little bit of Gabe Cups would be uh, probably the only two that I, I'd put even on that list. Tony, great stuff, man. Again, at Coach Adranya on Twitter. That is A-D-R-A-G-N-A. And Tony, one more plug maybe for where people can find kind of your other more film-centric work. Yeah, just hop over to assemblycall.com and, and you can subscribe there and, 
And again, guys, really appreciate you having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Tony, we got to do it again, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. That's Tony Dranya right there, Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, first off, great dude, and I, I think provides some really, really sound insight. And, you know, Andy, I think he strikes that balance of, you know, getting a little bit into the weeds, but not, you know, way over the top of all of our heads. Well, the thing that I liked coming from that is if I'm an Indiana fan, I want to see different lineups. That that that's the only way this is going to work. Sure. Is and I agree. Like what he said there at the end with CJ Gunn, playing him where he's not the focal point in the offense. I mean, Mackenzie and Baco playing him if I mean right now, when he's a three, does he feel like he needs to shoot that many perimeter jump shots? Like to me, Mbako isn't going to be good shooting seven three pointers. And I know it's right state, and I know they scored eighty nine points last night, and he's trying and, and you know, many of them are open shots. I understand it, but I mean I think that's the thing for Mike Woodson is uh, to get some of those second team guys and can you match them up with some of the guys in the first string and if that means that Malik Renew's not playing over 30 minutes and some of that is lessened it could help your team with some of the the offensive output output spread out I guess does that make sense yeah and you know I said to you maybe it was this time last week Andy like I think Malik Renew will be your most consistent piece and honestly Cleo Ware has probably been that and Renew I think has been good honestly he He's probably Fine. He yeah. probably deserves to good. be a little bit more on the positive list, but that would be my one concern there in putting Mbako with a four like Tony threw out there. I understand where he's coming from with that thought, and defensively, it does probably check out a little bit more in guarding typically smaller teams, more perimeter-oriented teams, but Malik Renew last night had 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. Right. I mean, the high-low game with him and Khalil Ware... Um, I don't know. Maybe it only works, or you know, is going to have that effectiveness against mid majors and against bigger teams. It might not have as much, but um, that I think is something that you're torn of, just roster construction wise. Andy, I almost think they're too big. I, I would agree with you. Listen, they, like, they ha- need another guard, and I think another kind of off ball guard. Like Xavier well, Johnson no doubt goes about down it. late, and you're, I mean, you're holding your breath because it's like, oh my gosh, if he's lost. I mean, Gabe Cups is now playing 39 minutes a night. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Cups has been fine. He hasn't shown he's going to score at a high level, but no, he's been fine. To me, Banks, Sparks, Walker, Gunn. Who in any of those guys yeah. is going to be able to play? Yeah. Like that that's a thing Gun that worries is the real me. big one. Right. Like those guys, like who is going to be able to give them good minutes, legit minutes? And I would say it would be CJ Gunn. I mean, though the bench is what scares me with it with this team is some of these guys gotta give you gotta give quality minutes. It doesn't doesn't have to be all of these. You know, I don't think you're gonna see a ten man rotation. We know when college basketball continues, that's gonna get trimmed down a little bit. Who's gonna stand up with those few guys and do something? And through three games you thought you would have a better idea and you really don't. Okay, coming up next for Indiana will be UConn. That is the defending national champs on Saturday. It's Madison Square Garden, right? Yes. 1 o'clock for that. Uh, Texas and Louisville on the other side of the bracket, so they'll play either the winner or loser of that coming up on Monday. Again, Purdue is out in Maui. That is a 5 o'clock tip against Gonzaga on Monday. It is a loaded feel, and when I say they're in the Maui tournament, that's actually in Honolulu this year. Uh, Then tonight in East Lansing, 6.30 tip, Butler, uh, 8.5 point underdog as Thad Mata and Tom Izzo face off in East Lansing. Did you just pencil, pencil in a 2024 show trip to Maui Invitational? Do you think the bosses would sign off on that? No. Oh, well, I would love that. 
Who's pl- are, is Notre Dame playing? Uh, does it matter? Gosh, <laughs> I mean, are you asking? Who cares? I, I love. Well, no, he thought yeah. you had a purpose. I know. And he like, went how to, are you going to convince he, the boss? Yeah, of he that. went to Notre. Dame. Well, I can sure tell you what's not going to convince them. Hey, three guys are going to cover Notre Dame basketball. I think uh, if we well. didn't go to IU, <laughs> if we didn't go to Colts in Germany, I don't think we're going to Maui for any twenty twenty four Maui. Oh, here we go. Notre Dame is in it. I think in one of are the they upcoming years? I don't see it in twenty twenty four. Auburn, Colorado. Dayton, Iowa State, Memphis, Michigan State, North Carolina, and Wolf. UConn. Wolf, that's a stinker compared to what we got this year. That's a stinker Michigan compared. Michigan State, Carolina, and no, UConn I, yeah, I, doesn't I, do it for I, you? No, yeah, I'm talking about the rest of them. I'm talking about the rest of them. I mean, like, Creighton's in this year's, right? And they're, are, are, uh, no, are, Marquette, are, Marquette, oh, Marquette that's not, what I was thinking. Marquette, and they're good. Yeah, really yeah, They're really good. They're yeah, a top they're 10 top team in the team, country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's do a morning check down. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, got a star week 11 in the NFL season underway last night. Ravens 34-20 winners. Ravens moved to 8-3 on the season. Bengals drop back to 5-5. Five and five. And with it, the Colts move up to the 8th seed. Uh, well, the 8th place, I should say. Right outside the postseason. 5-5 five and five are the Bengals. But the bigger stories here, Mark Andrews, first quarter ankle injury. Looks like he's done for the season. And then all of the, uh, I mean, quite frankly, the fiasco around Joe Burrow. He throws a touchdown to Joe Mixon. What was that second quarter? Uh, doesn't hit his wrist or hand on anything and uh, runs off to the locker room. That's not good. He was seen earlier in the week with some sort of a, what, a, a bandage or some sort of a wrap on that throwing hand and wrist area. So not good there. Will Joe Burrow miss time? And again, they're in India Indianapolis are the Cincinnati Bengals coming up December 10th, I believe. And so what's going to happen there is that's a team no doubt the Colts will be battling with here over the next few weeks. But 34-20 got us going in last night's uh, NFL Week 11. And again, with that result, Ooh. the Colts bump up in the wild card standing. So they are just uh, one spot out of the playoffs as they head for their bye week. Uh, all right, Pacers-wise, um, they were back to practice yesterday. Jalen Smith did participate, so good news on that front. Obviously, the Daniel Tice news and Jalen Smith going to the hospital Tuesday night. Curious how long he would be out. So, uh, as the Pacers get a couple of rare consecutive days of practice, uh, good news there. Uh, back in action with the Magic coming up on Sunday. Uh, that will be at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, 5 o'clock tip. And then Tuesday, Andy, that is in Atlanta. Um, seven, uh, I think it's a 7.30 tip maybe. Looks like our coverage begins at 7. Coming up on Tuesday night. And that is a, you win that, you clinch your spot in the knockout round for the old play-in tournament. So, a big one yeah. against the fighting Quinn Snyder oh, Pacers coming up care. Tuesday night. I mean, Halliburton, he cares. He, he talked about it. Yeah, he, they, they, he wanted to do something uh, with the in-season tournament. Quickly, college football locally, Purdue and Indiana. We've been talking about it all week. Both of those teams favored by about three, three and a half going into their contest. Both at noon, Indiana hosting Michigan State. Purdue at Northwestern if you want to catch that one. Uh, it's kind of interesting why Purdue would be favored. Northwestern can go to a bowl game. I mean that they they go to six and five and they'd be they'd be five hundred in the Big Ten if they won that game. Not something I would think with Pat Fitzgerald and company being fired right before the season. Any chance Maryland can do it no. for America? No. Yeah. Listen, th- this is six and four. Maryland is a nineteen and a half point underdog at home to Michigan. Now, Mark, you're with me, right? We're rooting mm-hmm. for Jim Harbaugh yeah, in Michigan that. here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're opposite of you here. We want Michigan to win this fifty-five to ten. 
Why? <laughs> I'm rooting for chaos. We've yes. already got it. And yes, for for chaos for sa- would be them losing and them freaking out. No, sanctimonious uh, college football analysts getting on TV. Like I think even Feinbaum did this. I, I they, if they won the national title, I wouldn't view them as the national title winner. Oh, great! That congratulations, Feinbaum. It's made me root for the evil. And I saw. Listen, you, you guys are rooting for yeah, cheaters. Know that hundred percent, hundred percent. Speaking of cheaters, Mark said this during the break. And I was looking it up. There is an Apple TV documentary coming up on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. February 16th. Hope it's not a puff piece like some of the no, ones that have been put out by ESPN and, NF- like and uh, They got Netflix. Brady and Belichick in like a dark room. Oh, and they're talking about each other. And- I don't know if I'm getting my hopes up for that. <laughs> Remember the, the Florida Gator swamp I, crap piece complete, that was? Complete crap. They had but- Robert Kraft saying, I tried to keep it together as long as I could and all that stuff. So Was that a reference to him in the massage <laughs> parlor <laughs> there? Jeez, he could go a lot of different ways with Bob Kraft. A buddy of mine was like, how much fun do you think he had in Germany? He was like, well, he's a billionaire. He, he, he doesn't need to go to Germany. Make the argument. Have fun. Who had more fun, him or Ursay, <laughs> out there? Yes. In Germany. All right, Pop Quiz Freebie Friday time. Uh, we are also giving away a pair of tickets to see Toto Brown <laughs> County Music Center coming up in February. So doing that as well with the Jiffy Lube oil change coming your way. Give us a call, 317 317- whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 239-1070. Pop quiz next. All right, 317-239-1070. 317-239-1070. It's a, uh, it's a freebie Friday. Plus, you know, it's easier. It's an easier Friday. I given think it's that Scotty's a very, not here. <laughs> very doable pop quiz. Yeah. Given that Scotty's not there, there's no uh, 1920s baseball. You know, we're not going deep into stat books to get the questions uh, and everything else. We'll pick some games. I don't know. I'll give you a Sweeney six-pack here in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, just quickly before we jump to the phone line, 239-1070. Any, I know you've been up and you've been looking. Is there any, we need an update. Kevin Bowen lost his wedding ring at some point last night into this morning. He did not recognize yep. until yep. his hand was on a steering wheel yep. this morning in his mm-hmm. car. He's going to Knoxville with a bunch of SEC sorority gar- girls all around him. Tens right. of thousands yep. of them. Uh-huh. Uh, so w- where does that stand before well, we uh, give away an oil change here? What's happening? Just, can I just read you the text I sent my wife? You can do whatever you want. Um, all right, well, this is sent to Matt. Yeah, I, I waited. I got in here, you know, checked the pockets a few times, sure. checked the bag just to make sure here. Uh, 7.19 a.m. Couldn't find my wedding ring Oof. if you spot it. Oof. If I'll you spot it. I think I'll have to stop by after the show and look for it again if you don't have time. Uh, she ignored that text. Oh, man. Did it say, a, like, red? Just no mo- well, I just hey. moved right on to, like, you know, kid updates in the morning after dropping them off oh, at daycare. So you you have had a conversation. So yes, we've had a conversation, gotcha. but none related you, to the ring. I mean, ring. you were indirectly saying, you you were you were fishing, do I need to come home and waste time to no, find this no, before no, I go no, to an no. SEC football game? You come here and drop it no. off for me. No, that is certainly <laughs> drop it, not. Drop it off at the desk. I am one of those that, like, I'm a little bit more of a panicky loser of things. Oh, I, listen, I it's it's one of the worst yeah, things just, in life. I'm always just kind of like, bothering me and I'm like where sure. is it where is it uh, so more for it just clarity I would like to know where it is less to do with the <laughs> how, 
How dare you leave the house without oh, it? Oh, sure, sure. No one thinks it's that. So you guys then have not had any conversation no, really about the, the future. If you need to go home, if uh, <laughs> the future, if, if if she was going to, I love I, that. I would have pulled the exact same thing as you. If you have time to look for yeah, it, yeah. If you have time, I thought you that was soft to. in the blow. Well, you have to, and yeah. I don't know your wife's schedule in the morning, so I don't know if she has time or not. Quite no, frankly, and, but and again, it's a, it can be a bit chaotic getting those two out of the house so sure um, you can. yeah uh, i will be stopping at Oof. home before we we depart for knoxville by the way shout out i was a couple people have reached out with some um uh, places to stop in knoxville oh so nice what is very much looking forward to that beer uh, beer places yeah great places uh, stock and barrel for <laughs> bourbon and burgers a uh, barley's tap room okay as well um, so a couple of good stops. Uh, Calhoun's, that's what I've heard is kind of the go-to uh, restaurant there, right on the river. That's the unique part of Knoxville is I heard that the tailgate scene can also be referred to as a sailgate <laughs> oh, yeah. scene. Oh, oh, yeah. You do a little tailgating 100%. via boat on the river. Think you guys end up on a boat? That's what I'm talking about. I gave you... Z- so the goalpost just goes right there then, yeah. right? That's oh, easy it's right there. No, it's literally right there. I gave you Zool Beer Company, XUL, if you guys want to do that. It's in like a okay. like an old um, car dealership. You know how car dealerships used to have the cars like in the sh- in the showroom? Kind of XUL, like the- you said? Yeah, XUL. Huh? If you guys want to do that, so I don't know. You guys are going to have a lot of fun. All right, let's give away an oil change here. And uh, some Toto tickets. Ah, yeah, and Toto tickets. We got a lot going on on a Friday. Friday, where do you want to go? I'll let you pick the caller, uh, KB. What's well, Georgia ranked? They're ranked two. Yes, they are. All right, let's go two. Two. Charlie. Charlie, good morning, sir. Are you ready to roll? How you doing? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm good now. I get an oil change. <laughs> I feel like Charlie. Charlie, do you sometimes go by Mark? Yeah, I had my wife call because I knew you'd take a woman. Is Charlie? Do you, do you do you view Charlie as more of a woman's name? Oh yeah, Charlene. What was it, Charlene or Charlie? Mark, were you thinking? They said Charlie. When he when he talked, I go, wait a minute. I heard this guy. I want to say last too week, iconic, but not- you remembering what other name he went by? I gotta give you props. There's no way in hell I would have known that guy was Mark. Mark is the real name, Mark. Jack, what you today? Mark is the real name, Mark. No, my wife's is Charlie. Not you. No, no. What is your your real name? (laughs) That dog's in. Are you ready to go to Toto? Oh yeah, Brown Cow. Yeah. Tell Toto to be quiet in the yeah. background. <laughs> Here we front row at that one. I, I, I always enjoy Mark calling in. Well, so. Mark has a lot going I on. I said we he's, let it ride. He's talking to his wife. The dogs are barking. You can't throw the dogs outside. Is it still rainy now? They won't like that. They'll be yeah, upset. They'll, they'll bark even more. It's a hectic morning. Mark, what's on the weekend agenda? Oh, shoot. Ben Davis tonight. Oh. I you tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, are you going to Ben Davis Center Grove, or are you just going to tune into Rake Straw? Or? I'm tuning into Rake Straw. I love it. Are you a giant grad? Are you pulling for Ben Davis? What's the? Uh... I live over here. My kids went there. I'm good. Nice, okay. nice. My dad taught in Wayne Township for 30 years. Terrific. It's a good weekend. There. It's a good weekend. It is. I was right. afraid Mark's going to be like, I know your father. I'm like, oh, geez, how do you know him? <laughs> All right, Mark, congrats on winning the tickets. Lord knows how the next five minutes will go. Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton, stay close to the dump. Buddy. All right, let's go. Question number one. Tom Izzo ranks first in Big Ten wins. Thad Mata ranks ninth. 
They square off tonight in East Lansing. Within one, okay, Mark, within one, how many combined Final Fours have Izzo and Mata coached in? How many Final Fours have they coached in? Thad Mata, Tom Izzo. Hey. Eight. You, You share, Mark? Seven. Maybe the other way? Oh, uh, no, the the other way, yeah. other side of eight would be nine. Uh, it was ten, Mark. You're, you're, you're Mark, 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 you're shortchanging Izzo and Thad Mata. T.Y. Hilton, Mark. He turned 34 years old this week. By the way, happy birthday to Reggie Wayne. Speaking of iconic Colts whiteouts, uh, Hilton played 10 seasons for the Colts. He also played three games last season for a team. Who did T.Y. play for at the end of last year? Multiple choice. Uh, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the 49ers? Cowboys. Get your damn act together. All right, yesterday we had DePaul uh, head coach Brett Dietz on the show. Dietz's undefeated Tigers are playing in the Division III NCAA tournament tomorrow. They play Alma College. What state is Alma College in? Is it Ohio, Illinois, Montana, or Michigan? Uh, I'll take Michigan. I learned the answer to this Michigan. this week. I learned the answer. I had How no idea. That? You diehard hail to the victors fans, you two. <laughs> All right, number four here, Shohei Otani, Mark, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Both won MVP awards yesterday and did so unanimously. When was the last time both MVPs were won in unanimous fashion? 2010, Josh Hamilton, Joey Votto. 03, A-Rod and Barry Bonds. 1980, George Brett and Mike Schmidt, or is this the first time it's ever happened? I heard this earlier. Uh, first time. We're doing pretty yeah, good, by the way. A slow start here, but <laughs> and this is one Mark that doesn't mess this, around. This is a Mark Dykedon one. And Mark, is there a reason for this one? <laughs> no, no way I was gonna get to think this. of anything. I was like, we got no Scotty. We you think Mark's gonna get this? Uh, that's oh, what I. Oh, I bet. I bet Mark's gonna. It, Mark's gonna go, probably go see this movie. Like he knew the he knew the MVP baseball question. All right, Mark. Here we go. The new movie Trolls Band Together comes out today. Which late '90s, early 2000s boy band reunites in the movie? Is it the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, or New Kids on the Block? Yeah, who cares? I get an oil change, man. <laughs> you know what? The, New Kids on the Block. I love. Who cares? I get an oil change, man. Uh, is the way I want my Friday I to love end. It. Boy, I wish what? we didn't have another segment. I wish th- that was the end. What a week for the pop quiz. Really Earlier was. in the week, what was her name? That she sadly Brittany. lost her job. Brit- Brittany. Brittany. She, I'm just sitting Brittany here. Brittany got fired. Then at one point during the pop quiz, she referenced her old boss, boss from like three jobs yeah. ago. And now we have Mark here to close it out. Mark, uh, you did good. Charlene and you, Toto bound. Oh yeah, I love Brown County. That'll be a hell of a weekend there. Uh, all right, let's see how he did. Uh, again, a, a tough start, but somehow we were able to find a little bit of steady waters after that. Uh, the opener was the one that he missed badly there. Well, within one, how many combined Final Fours for Tom Izzo and Thad Mata? The answer was ten. What would you Eight say his two. official answer was? 
Everything well, but. <laughs> yeah, basically everything every, but e- ten. Everything but nine or ten. Yeah. Izzo eight, Mata two. Uh, he got the next three right. Cowboys for T.Y. Hilton, Michigan for Alma College. That is First correct. time it's ever happened. Unanimous MVPs. Uh, and then the last one, Andy Sweeney. Yeah, the, the last one was NSYNC. And this has, you know why it's on Mark's mind? Because Mark Dighton is going to this this weekend. Oh, my daughters want to see it so bad. Yeah, that, that, really? is, that yeah. is his big weekend thing. I can totally tell you're going to be there. Then Ashley's anti-Justin Timberlake because she's got the Britney memoir. So she's like, nope, we don't support him. I'm like, well, tell that to your three daughters because I think they want to go see it. <laughs> Wait, so are people either Team Britney or Team Justin? I think that's how it's been for the last, like, 20 years. Yeah, but really? it, but even in the last, what, six months when that star stuff started uh-huh. to come out? Yeah, there's some other news. I thought go we ahead just and hated Britney Spears' dad. Well, we do. I guess I don't. Have, I don't have the power to hate any of these things, and that's like one of these that. Do you respect Mark calling in under his wife's name? Uh, I respect the hell out of it. I respect everything. Like I kind of want to do the show. Let's get a Comrex. Uh, Todd, can we have a Comrex? And I want to do the show for Mark's house. He's got the dogs. He's got his wife there. Uh-huh. Like he's, you know, they're sitting at the, the 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 coffee table drinking coffee. That's what they're doing. Like I just, I want to be a part of his Friday morning. To be quite honest. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think the mornings could bleed into the night with Mark there. Uh, congrats, Mark, on that. Uh, we'll do it one final time. Andy Sweeney. I always laugh. I hate giving out picks on like a Friday because so many things happen on Saturday and Sunday. You get a feel when you're sitting there with your coffee in the morning, uh, holding little gas and uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to put down on the on the different apps. Uh, before we just talk I about holding little gas, but it's you know, <laughs> more great point. Issues. All right, if his diaper feels like this, we're going to go we're Maryland. Gonna, if not, we're going to go Michigan. Yeah, we're going to go Michigan. Uh, so before we talk about some of these games coming up this weekend, we got to carve like guys. We got to carve like what are we, two minutes out for this carissa thompson oh Katie, she sucks okay okay well there we go so for people that don't know carissa thompson went on uh the what the um oh goodness part of my take and got very comfortable and talked about how you know for whatever reason she would make up sideline reports if i have the a audio. coach do you, oh, do you have the audio it, yeah. well because the couple links that i had got taken down so i'm like okay they're now protecting her from this she was on the amazon game last night how long is this mark uh it's like 30 roughly seconds. 30 seconds all right yeah yeah we have enough time go and play it i and i've said this before so i haven't been fired for saying it but i'll say it again um i would make up the report sometimes because a the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late and i was like i didn't want to screw up the report so i was like i'm just gonna make this up because first of all no coach is gonna get mad if i say hey we need to skill, stop uh hurting ourselves we need to be better on third down we yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over the quarterback we need yeah exactly and and do a better job of getting off the field like, they're not going to correct me on that. Right. I'm like, it's fine. I'll it, just make up the room. She sucks. <laughs> like, you she know, got crushed. I know crushed. the phrase, like, fake news is obviously something that has become very popular to utter here in the last couple of years. But, like, this is an element of you totally then diminish the future of other people in that sort of sideline position. I know Lara Overton, I can to- I guarantee you, she has some very strong opinions oh, on that. I would imagine, yeah. Like, And you think Shane Sagan's ever going to say anything anyways? <laughs> and now this on top of it? Well, okay. If you're going to lie about it, why are they ever going to feel the need to be, you know, truthful? Tr- like, all we want is a little glimpse into it and feel like, obviously, it is honest and it's credible. And to me, displaying that l- lack of integrity... 
Uh, yeah. Just she got crushed. Off. I was uh, shocked she was on the broadcast yesterday. See, she is the Amazon host. See, here's the thing about that. Be, you know, she went on with Barstool. This is very much a social media thing. That that's why I was wondering why my links didn't work this morning. I'm like, okay, so Barstool's trying to you know protect her as the guest and everything else. Like, I don't know how mainstream this story would be. So if she went on Amazon and started apologizing for it, there would be a huge part of the audience, KB, that wouldn't know what what they're talking about, right? And then would go maybe look it up. So you're not drawing attention. That was my theory on why you know it's going to be brought up and why she's probably not. Gonna going to say anything unless it's something on social media. Number two, they're not the first person that's went on that podcast, part of my take, and gets very comfortable. You know, it's a comfortable podcast. You're laid back. You start saying some things you shouldn't say. Sure. Uh, go Google. There's a few times that has happened. And then just because, listen, I know the people in the industry uh, were bashing her last night. Can I have fun with it in this respect? It is funny how generic football coaches are that she's like, you know what? I'll just make up. We need to be better on third down. We need to quit uh, to quit shooting ourselves in the foot. We need to take it play by play. Right, and but just again, all the cliches and, the, and but like, Andy, that's why we love Rick Carlisle every I, Tuesday. A hundred percent. Like because there are some coaches that don't do that. I, I think back to last year when it was Frank Reich and Mike Vrabel at halftime, and in the lead, you got the Titans head coach sounding like the losing oh, head yeah. coach, and the losing head coach in Frank Reich sounding like they had the lead. So. Yes, you can get very <laughs> cliche answers, but also you do get some coaches that are going to go in a very different direction, and that's what makes those moments and that candor unique to it. And if you were watching the Amazon broadcast last night, you know it, there was certainly an element of me being like, okay, what else is Christy Thompson lying about up there? <laughs> well, someone said, someone made the joke of, uh, you know, per Carissa Thompson, Joe Burrow. Uh, amp- will need to have his uh, hand amputated. Oh, yeah. She's I mean, going to get those jokes. Oh man, there were the jo- there were jokes all over the place. So I, I was thinking about how many coaches you could just get away saying we need to be better than at third down, and like the TV audience would not know that it's just BS. And then there would be some, like you mentioned, Vrabel that that you know that that would be different. I, the real value is when they get to interview the coach and you get to see that, especially if it's an angry coach. Well, and, and again, this is a little. A bit of a rabbit hole. I don't know if we want to hit to in the final few minutes of the week, but I think there are times where women journalists don't feel like they get the same amount of respect. And a lot of people just label that as you were only on camera because of how you look. And this comment by Carissa Thompson goes strictly down no, that path. Women journalists are very angry at this. As they should be. Yeah, like I like I view it I don't you know, I don't care about the story. It's an incredibly dumb like it's incredibly dumb to say yeah, on a, on a platform like that that is such a huge platform. I, I yeah, I mean to me it's just incredibly dumb. Yeah. But that's what I saw was I saw women journalists last night being very unhappy, saying we are working to get this credibility uh, and especially this credibility as women in the business. Uh, and that's what and that's what you end up with someone who has a lot of jobs uh, and is very well respected. Maybe maybe uh, not so well respected anymore so I don't know I figured I would at least bring that up that was a big story do you want to talk some games you want to hit the yeah, open here what do you got all right let's go let's I'm hammering Tennessee by the way there are people who make money at sports gambling 500 smackeroonies 500 dollars on 
Unfortunately, he's not one of them. This is stupid, and I want my money back. Here's your weekend Sweeney six-pack on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, just a couple games uh, I'm looking at. And, you know, again, KB has told you he loves Tennessee. Ten and a half, baby. Um, You know, quickly, NFL, I, I, I like the Cardinals and Texans over at 48. C.J. Stroud, it looks like a game he'll throw for 350. And then Kyler Murray is back, so look out there. Uh, not even a seven-touchdowner. So Cardinals, Texans, and then I kind of like Arizona if you wanted to get crazy to parlay that plus five. Uh, staying in the NFL, Rams plus one against Seattle. Rams coming off a bye there. And then I have to do this, call it a homer pick. Uh, after what I saw from the Giants, I know they always play Washington close. Maybe a revenge game, Washington wanting to stay in the postseason hunt, wanting to kind of keep things alive. I know it's eight and a half. It's a lot of points. But again, the Giants are going for that number one pick. And then quickly in college, Utah plus one at Arizona. Utah 6-0 and straight up the last six in this series, 15-3 and as a road dog the last 18. I'll take LSU minus the 32 against Georgia State. Georgia State has lost by 42, 42, and 43. And then... I said this back when I did sports radio in Louisville. I said the Louisville and Jeff Brown would not lose to Miami. I don't think much of Mario Cristobal. That's a one-point game. A lot on the line. I'll take Louisville plus the one. I kind of like if you can get, as well, just other things I'm looking at. Uh, Georgia may be a team total this weekend. And uh, some favorite parlays, some big spreads on Sunday. You can make some money by teaming together Washington and uh, Dallas and you know the, the Niners and some of those teams. Get that up to plus 200 and make some money. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. Good from a local angle. You've got Butler in action tonight. That it's a 6.30 tip. Robbie Hummel going to yeah. be on the call for FS1 uh, up in East Lansing for that one. Uh, and of course Colts bye week. No Pacers action Friday and Saturday. Everybody have a great, great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy all week long. We'll talk to you on Monday.